Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents Streetwise Theology Out of the Ivory Tower and Back into the Hands of the Invisible Church Like a fat, dumb cow that returns its cud to chew again, the agents of the silver screen are back in your neighborhood. Oh my goodness. Well, what an introduction. We're all wearing hats <laughs> today. That's right. We're we all, all wearing hats. All, I, yeah, you do had hats on, so I was like, I better yep. put my hat back on. <laughs> I, have, uh, uh, I have Joey, and I have to say, Joey's beard is legit, man. I hope so. I'm it's trying. growing out. It looks I'm good. trying real hard. Luke is wearing a Philadelphia Phillies hat. Yeah. yeah, we have all I the am hats wearing, on. We all have different styles as I know. well. I am I wearing that. a WRX hat on, and I'm wearing, even though I don't ha- own one. <laughs> and I don't know what Joey is wearing. I'm wearing an Under Oath snapback. So nice, This man. is the Under Oath symbol. Yes, Sweet. that's right. Cool. I couldn't I'm see it because it was all black. I know. But on I'm, an all oh, black I'm, hat. Oh, you mean Under Oath? If you're, ever, if you're ever wondering what I'm wearing, I'm always repping a band of some sort. The, uh, the Under Oath, the, f- the former Christian, now Pagans. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's those are the, yep. That's the under oath I'm talking about. <laughs> Agents of the Silver Screen, we have Dove and Joy with us uh, today. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. We're going to start. Back. The, we're going to start the day uh, day off with one of our uh, games we called Known For. It's where we take an actor and we try to guess what IMDb lists as their top four movies, the movies that they're known for. If you go to IMDb.com, you can check out their movies there. Today we did Harrison Ford. Dove, we're starting been, off with I've you. Been what do you striking got? Out. I think I only got one last week. Yeah. Who was last week? I'm, I'm not gonna lie. If I don't get uh, last least, month, we did Joaquin. Joaquin, Joaquin yes. Phoenix. If, if I don't get three this time, uh, this game is rigged. <laughs> you I'm never gonna, know, I'm man. You never going, know. I'm gonna, I know. I'm gonna call. No. These are definitely the four that should be on there. So if they're not, if I don't hey, get I at thought, least three, I thought, I thought I had four that should have been on there. Last I know, week. I know. But if I don't get at least three, I'm calling IMDb. So we're gonna have a conversation. All right. So, all right, I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to guess one of the Star Wars. Do I have to give one? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I feel like you have to yeah. give us All right, yeah. so one. we have to do it Otherwise, like. It's just like, oh, who? man. All right, this is 50-50. I'm going to put. 50-50? Um, this is like one in. No, four, I, I think it would be one of these two. It would either be, I, th- I think it would either be The Force Awakens or Empire Strikes Back. And okay. I'm going to put Empire Strikes Back. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to put. Good choice. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark okay. as number yeah. two. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm going to put Blade Runners number three. Okay. okay. Old one or new one? Oh, see, this is what I don't understand. I don't, I don't know if they keep it modern like well, that's that. That's the point. Well, we, that, don't that's know. The, I we don't know. I know we don't know. It drives me nuts. We don't know how they're. I'm going to say the old one. Okay, and then I'm going to. I crossed out two. <laughs> I'm going to say the fugitive. Okay. Oh my gosh, we have the exact same list. Yep, that's me too. Empire Strikes Back. I wow. had that specifically for Star Wars. Blade Runner, The Fugitive, and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Okay, wow. Please read my list. Oh. <laughs> You're kidding me. You're kidding me. <laughs> Sorry, no I almost fell over. Luke's I want you to read my list. Uh, Fugitive, oh Raiders my. of the Lost Ark, Star Wars Empire. <laughs> and Blade Runner. Wow. Yeah. Come on, so, baby. ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> if we don't have <laughs> three, that deserves an applause. I know. We I promise you, we didn't play in this whatsoever. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Luke, Luke comes. We, we do this spontaneously. Of, Luke comes oh down the goodness. stairs and he says, "Our actor today is this Harrison person." Ford. And we write our list down real quick. Here we so, go. You one of the ones I crossed out and put before the fugitive. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, and hold on. Oh, no, we should. We should hold on. 
He let him tell us what he crossed out. What you cross out? I crossed out the first one before the fugitive. I thought of these two, and I uh-huh. thought, "What lies beneath?" And I went, uh-huh. "Nah." Second one, I thought they're probably on there. Well, hold on, that's what I want to know. Second one was Air Force One. Then I crossed okay. that out and put the fugitive. Okay, okay here we go. Ready? Oh, yeah. you might be in trouble with Air Force One. That that one was also my fifth consideration. Oh my goodness. Is Air Force One on there? Number one. Tell us that first. Tell us that. Is Air Force One on there? Raiders of the Lost Stars. All right. There's one. I mean, that's not surprising. Number two, Witness. What? What? Garbage. Get it out of here. Number three. IFBB is wrong. Number three, The Fugitive. All right. There's two. Number four. Blade Runner. It's got to be Blade Runner. Air Force Force One. One. Air Force One. Come on. (laughs) Air Force One. Good job, everybody. We all All got two. We all got (laughs) two. That's par for the course, man. It is. Wow. It is my intent to be mediocre at all things. Oh, my goodness. What in the. Like, come on. Blade Runner. Well, I, there's no Star Wars. That's what you're telling me, Luke. There's, there's no, no, no Star, Star Wars. Wars. No, I, I, no. Nope. He's so we all think that Han Solo's known for not Star Wars. He's not known for Star Wars, nope. and he's not known for Blade Runner. But he's known for Witness. He's more likely known for Witness than he is either of those movies. I want to see putting Witness on there is like putting on something like Clear and Present Danger. I'm actually looking at his pictures here, and it says, "Take sick. a look back at Harrison Ford's movie career in photos." And one's Raiders of the Lost Ark, where he's got his fedora. And then the other one's Witness, where he's got the Amish, you know, uh, straw hat on. And then the other one is from Cowboys vs. Aliens. Oh, yes. that was a horrible movie. Oh, what a horrible, terrible movie. I, I had forgotten so completely dumb. that that, that, that one belongs. That one belongs on the list of why did you make this movie? Give me yeah, the money. I'd rather question. use it for something well, else. to be fair, I mean, Cowboys and Aliens, it feels like you couldn't go wrong with that, and they did. So. Oh, they went horribly oh, yeah, wrong. Horribly wrong with it. I thought the title was horribly stupid. Wrong. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't like know. Cowboys and Aliens? It was, they, were trying to, they were trying to capitalize on Daniel Craig's success as James Bond at the time. Well, they didn't to. have to. They had so many stars. Anyway, whatever. It was so stupid. Yeah. Don't watch it. it, yeah, it please don't. It's a waste of your time. I honestly had totally forgotten it existed. The, the calories been, that you spend keeping your eyes open watching that film are a waste. Yep. A pox on that film. Okay. Yeah, We're going to move on to our next end. segment. And um, this segment is called Good and the Bad and the Ugly. This is realize. general movie review. Um, we all go out uh, during the month and we see films or we might think of certain scenes or we have mm-hmm. questions about or we might uh, look at trailers. We're going to start off with Joey. Yeah, boy. He is going to tell finally, us all about finally, Ready Player to, One. Yes. I finally, I get to talk about Ready Player One, which Luke still didn't see. Do it. So I legitimately could have talked about Ready Player One last time and <laughs> yes. Luke didn't let me because he wanted to see it and then yeah. he didn't go see it. I didn't go see it. Um, Very sad. Very sad that you both didn't see it. To be fair, though, I actually almost didn't see it either. Okay. I was really not excited for this film, okay. to be completely honest. Okay. I thought the first yeah, trailer the first trailer that showed up, I thought, like, did look look exciting. But then I was kind of, I don't know, there were just things about the trailer that I saw that I, I thought looked so lame on the trailer out of context. Yeah. And so, like, outside of the atmosphere of the movie, I didn't think the movie translated the trailer very well at all. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was, like, really not excited for the movie. I was kind of like, eh. But Athena and I have movie pass, so we can just go see movies for free. So we were like, what do you want to see? Okay, we'll just go see Ready Player One. And then it turned out to be, so far, one of my favorite movies of the year. Okay. So I'm really excited. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, I mean, to me, what this does, this is a very interesting 
kind of uh, a clash with what's going on in Hollywood right now because Hollywood is all about making money off of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. And so this movie mm-hmm. is nostalgic in Star two Wars. Sen- is nostalgic in two sen- <laughs> right. It's nostalgic in two senses, but not the normal senses in which like Hollywood movies are nostalgic, I guess. Because we're we're all about like rebooting or or continuing sequels and stuff like that. Yeah. So they're all like, okay, people love Jurassic Park. So if we just make a bad Jurassic Park, we'll make eight hundred I think they made like nine hundred million bucks. It's crazy. Or it was not fair. It was not fair that how much money they made on So they're all about making they're all about making making movies that will bring in the money based off nostalgia, based off of like you seeing something as your chi- in your childhood and wanting to relive those moments, right? Wanting to have those feelings again. And this movie kind of does that too in a weird way, but not in the sense that it's a reboot or the sense that it's it's a it's a sequel, but it it, it it, I mean, it, it has tons of... It's a pop culture, like, mashup, which is awesome. It's just, like, one of my favorite things. It's got references from, from video games, anime, movies, all over the place. And it's Attack stuff, on Titan? Stuff from the 80s. Uh, Attack on Titan doesn't show up, but Gundam oh, shows up. Gundam, Gundam shows, shows up, up, and it's awesome. <laughs> uh, but um, 80s, 90s, 2000s, it, it's it primarily 80s stuff, and then it has it has a decent amount of 90s stuff, and it just has, just has a few more current references. They're not nearly as, as wide... Um, probably because it's really hard to get so the right. So break down the plot for us real quick. Yeah, yeah, sure. So essentially, um, it's set in the future, and um, sort of like think about um, if if any if you guys I'm sure you guys remember, but if our listeners remember when World of Warcraft first came out, um, the just massive spill of like people you know like 12 million players, which was like unheard of at the time, all in one giant gaming you know gaming universe together. Um, you know, we had people in Korea who were like dying because they were refusing to eat because they wanted to play the game like for like seventy two hours straight, and then they died. So, so yeah, yeah, that's a real thing. Is this a real, yeah, it's a real yeah, thing? Yeah, it's actually. Um, an, they uh, starved themselves. Yeah, they starved. <laughs> um, well, actually, I think it was just malnutrition. Is, is it World of Warcraft or is it EverQuest that has the highest death toll? I think it's WoW, but I could oh, be really? wrong about EverQuest. Okay. All I care yeah, about is but the every Boy every Jones. every MMO has a death toll. Yeah, it has a death toll. Yep. All right. Anyway, so so and this kind of takes it to the next level. It takes it to this idea that it's a virtual, a giant virtual gaming world is created by this guy, and it's a virtual gaming world. So everyone puts a headset on and they're transported to this place, and it's all like a living, breathing, changing world. Um, and what happens is essentially is, um, and people are, are absolutely obsessed. I mean, you, we're talking like you know, your mom and dad would be playing this game. Is kind of the idea, right? right? Yeah. Like, it, like people, <laughs> like the, essentially, the world has gone to crap, and they're kind, and so people are kind of Way like of escape. It's, yeah, it's it's very much this escapist yeah. idea. Like, like you, like uh, essentially, our main character lives with his aunt when it starts out, and they live in like this. Tra- it's, they pretty much live in trailers stacked on each other. Yeah. Um. To, to, to accommodate the giant population of the Earth in like two thousand. 50 or whatever it is mm-hmm. um that early so, wow so yeah so but yeah so it's just like giant escapism but people are so are so stoked on this game and then essentially um before the sorry before the creator dies he he decides that he's going to like almost like willy wonka it and like leave an heir or he wants like an heir to the throne okay. right so he's he's the one who's had control over this game he's the one who's you know imagine the developer who updates their game right he's been that person who's had the sole say in what happens in the game in the universe and so before he dies he sets up this like little essentially easter egg right he wants the the idea is that people need to find the easter egg and they do that by collecting three keys so he has Hidden three challenges in the gaming universe. Mm. The people people have to find the challenges first. Great plot, and then they have to complete the challenge.
challenges. Mm-hmm. And then if they complete each challenge, they get a key. If they have all three keys, then they can unlock the door and attempt to find the Easter egg. So it's kind of this like long trail. And so what has happened is, is that obviously, and so the idea is if you find the Easter egg, you inherit the game and all of his money. Is that's essentially like the like you're the heir to the throne right. in the sense because mm-hmm. this man is the most wealthy man in, in on the planet at this mm-hmm. point right because mm-hmm. of this game, and so with all that um, so yeah so that's kind of what it's about but now this has happened this started many many years ago and the first challenge has been found but no one's been able to complete it like, so, so this 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 plot kind of reveals that he, what he wants is a fat nerd with no life to take over his mm-hmm. kingdom yeah mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, kind of in a sense, but it's less about it's less about them being fat or a nerd. Well, it's, it's, it's kind of well, about them being it, a nerd, but it's it's based on, and I don't want to I don't want to spoil too much of the plot, but okay. it is kind of based on. There's a lot hanging on the character of the person into being able to complete the uh, challenges. Okay, and so it's kind of it, again, in, it's, again, sort of in that Willy Wonka concept. There's right. a lot. There's a lot designed about the challenges that yeah. is good about weeding he out who people is worthy, who is right. inefficient, or unworthy. Right. 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 So, um, but yeah. So this. So after years, does he lift Thor's hammer at the end of this? <laughs> no, he doesn't. But the, fir- <laughs> the first, uh, the first, you might, the first challenge you might have seen in the trailer. The first challenge is this giant racetrack and there's tons of stuff that goes on you know spikes come up um, a t-rex comes it's like out a video game a t-rex right yeah. a t-rex comes out at one point and you know the final boss at the end of this yeah. this challenge is king kong and right. so and so that kind of stuff and 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 like people race every day and they always lose no one's able to beat it no one's able to pass kong okay. and so and so like it starts out there and then essentially we we follow this main character um, who is just he's a total nerd he knows everything about the life of the game creator yeah um, but he even so he's he hasn't been able to pass it either and then essentially um, after meeting some certain characters and things go on he finally realizes he figures out how to beat the first challenge okay. and then from there he tells the friends they're able to get the first challenge get the first key and then from there they kind of it kind of revives the quest okay. and so. So the big kind of bad guy is this giant corporation that's just hired hundreds of thousands of people to play the game specifically to beat win the contest, right? Because they the company wants to own, own uh, inherit yeah. and own. Because once you once you inherit and own, you yeah. not just you don't just get the money or the um or or the key. You get you get the chance to then change the universe. Uh, essentially, you yeah, can control. You can, yeah, you can power. do whatever you want then. Yeah. And so essentially, it's very it's very corporate esque. You know. The, the main developer never allowed advertising or anything like that within the gaming world. They wanna they wanna sell billboard right virtual yeah. billboards. Yeah, 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 exactly. And so, <laughs> Greedy and so I mean, there's some of that. I, I think I think what I appreciate about this movie is uh, one I I just love pop culture references and yes. just this yes. movie is just chock full of them. Yeah. So I just I just love that. Like I I mean there was stuff I didn't even realize till later like was in it and stuff uh, like that. Yeah, yeah. So I love that. It, it's it's great in that way. But I also to me, this movie, aside from that being nostalgic too, uh, this what this movie captures is like, it almost captures the essence of like the old movies from like the like the '90s kid movies I used to watch and love. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's cheesy, but in like the right ways mm-hmm. cheesy, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like there are plenty of scenes, like the love story between the main character and this female gamer that he meets and stuff like that. Like there are plenty of there. There's plenty of moments that are like cheesy. But they come across as sincere, like sincerely yeah. cheesy mm-hmm. in a way that that like reminds me of like living, like growing up in the '90s and like watching like the old like like 
um, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie, or yeah. like, just like all yeah. those types of yeah. movies that, Absolutely. looking back, are, are probably pretty bad. Some of them are still pretty good. Some of them aren't. But just like captures the sort of essence of it's cheesy, but like you're growing up and it's yeah. it's cool and it's yes. fun and it's magical. Yeah, yeah, man. And so this movie to me really captured that magic in a cool yeah. way, That's in a way cool, that man. I think, I, a, in a way that I think I really a lot do of want to see this. You know, you know, yeah. you know, there's I think there's one company. I think, in my opinion, there's one company responsible for for that. Mm-hmm. I think it's the Jim Henson Company. I think mm-hmm. they are the ones who really set the standard of how to make it look cheesy and fun and real and mm-hmm. fake all at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think that whenever the Jim Henson, you can always you always knew when Henson was there. Mm-hmm. Like when just looking at the sets, the puppets, yeah. you're like, mm-hmm. oh, the Henson Company was here. You know, yeah. it's it, there's something magical about them. Yeah. Go ahead. So I think I and so for me, I mean, this is the kind of movie that probably if I wanted to sit down and like really like deconstruct it and criticize it, I'm sure I could find stuff, plenty of stuff to like, right, like sure. really like like dive in and be like needy greedy about. But I was I went into this movie very kind of like. Okay, it's probably going to be whatever. I'm just, yeah. It's just a free movie I'm seeing. And then kind of came out of it like, that was so fun. I want yeah. to go see this again. Yeah. I was actually, we were actually going to come home for specifically to see the movie in IMAX. Oh, wow. And then it went out for something. St- oh, for Rampage. Oh. And I was like, no. Nah! Oh. Talk about a suicide oh, watch yeah, right exactly. there. So oh, my word. So I was just so sad. But yeah, so it's, I don't know. I think it's so fun. And I think if you go into it with just like, just that idea that it almost is going to come across as like the old movies we used to watch as kids. It's not. It, it's not going to be like like it's, it's it doesn't change the cin- like the state of cinema. It's not like some incredible like Oscars worthy type. Right, movie. they didn't it's reinvent just the fun wheel. For me. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's so fun to see like so many cool characters. I mean, we I mean the Iron Giant. You know, the at the end of the Iron Giant, which is like one of my favorite movies, ends with the fact that he's exploded, right? But his pieces are slowly coming together. Mm-hmm. But we never get another Iron Giant. So like the Iron Giant showing up in this movie and kicking butt is so fun. And so like, <laughs> it's just stuff like that. It's stuff like that that That's I just cool. is so yeah. cool. To cool. me, so and it's done really well, and yeah, so two thumbs up um, from Joey yeah, on that one. Definitely, yeah, I'm I definitely, definitely think it's worth. That, I definitely, yeah. definitely think it's worth seeing. I think it's yeah. a lot of fun. Cool. The only thing, the only thing I would criticize it, I guess, is that I kind of wish that that I that, that they had lowered the language because uh, it is like a movie that is like like so magical in the sense of like kiddishness. Yeah. Yeah, but there's way too much language. Uh, it's PG-13, right. I think, and but it's like way too much language mm-hmm. in it. The characters were yeah. like. Kind of like filthy mouths. Well, you know that's also reminiscent yeah. of the '80s and '90s it kids is? movies. Okay. Yeah, oh, okay. You go back because I, really? I routinely yeah I go back and watch the Sandlot. Man, they're dropping it's PG. They're dropping the S bomb in that movie. Oh yeah, it's unbelievable. Oh, okay. You know, and a lot of these films when you go back, Muddy, Muddy Ducks. Oh they're really? They're cussing yeah, all over yeah. the place oh, in that oh, movie. Yeah. I, you know, that, the '80s that they got away with murder dirty, back yeah. then. Sandlot, I remember, but I don't remember the, uh, the I don't remember Mighty Ducks. Okay, cool. It wasn't until like the late '90s when they started like really clean it up. You know, Sandlot, man, that's got. So many good. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. didn't. I didn't realize. Okay, I didn't realize that. So maybe not then. But you know what, Sandlot really captures just boyhood, American boyhood. Yeah, uh, American. Boyhood. Yeah, that's that's what's that's yeah. what's like yeah. the yeah. Cool. American. You know what's great about too? The British there's no, didn't even there's know what no, baseball like, was. <laughs> <laughs> and what's so great about too is like you could enjoy each of these characters, and it was a diverse group. Yeah. You didn't notice color or anything at all. Yeah. Like like d- during that because it was irrelevant. there were no people, the powers that be that brought attention to that stuff. Right, right. You just loved yeah. Benny. You yeah. know, you just love I mean it was just so anyway. I think he's so I think he's one of the coolest cats in Hollywood, honestly, Hollywood history. And how I think he, Benny and how Rodriguez. He just, and he and he was very selfless. Yeah. You know, and how he ha- kept helping um What's in Smalls? Yeah. Yeah. Be a part of the team, except, a part except, of the group. Except for Squints grew up to be logic. So 
He's not actually logic. Yeah, right. I just like I. I think that I think logic the rapper looks exactly like a grown up squints. Oh, and it bothers me so much. Everybody loves squints. Yeah, three coolest cats in Hollywood. Real quick, Benny Rodriguez. Number two, Josh Birnbaum, and number one, Marty McFly. There you go. That's there was where it was. All right, Dove. What do you got for us? Um. Okay, so I have a uh, getting philosophical. You I watched we... the Passion of the Christ again. Oh, okay, okay. And I have not seen this because I it it was really hard to watch the first time, mm-hmm. and um, I haven't seen it since. So I guess it came out in two thousand four, two thousand five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't seen it since then. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know what? I've this actually never a... seen it. Really? Oh yeah. Uh, I I like. I didn't, I didn't think I'd be able to make it through it. With yeah, one, it's one, tough. Like, like just the, like, I don't know, mo- both emotionally and I don't always do well with, like, lots of blood. And I've heard that it's very yeah. gory. It's, so. it's, oh, yeah. It's, yeah. Um, it's rough. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, and I, I decided, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch this again and, and you know, see what, whatever. Yeah. You know, see what happens. And um, just a, a couple interesting things. I was a little bit more aware of dialogue and scenes. Than yeah. I was the first time because I was yeah. the first time I saw it is really very very emotionally yeah. invested in mm-hmm. what was happening. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this time it was still really tough to watch. Mm-hmm. It was still hard to watch, and and uh, because uh, part of it was just because of just how innocent he was. But, right. Um, you know, we can get into that too. I mean, it is the greatest sin ever created by man was the illegal trial and. And the murder of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. in the history of man. There's nothing yeah. that tops it. Yeah, um, I think you're right. But uh, what? Just a couple of just really interesting things I think about the movie. And uh, the first time I watched it, you know, there were some scenes in there with him and his mom. And uh, the first time I watched it, like he would, whenever he would see her throughout. Um, the first time I watched it, whenever he would see her, he would like kind of gain new strength. Yeah, uh-huh. you know. And I thought the first time I saw it, I was like, okay, that's. Eh, that's you know more Catholicism going on there, and that's yeah. a little weird. This time, when seeing it, they actually took the opportunity mm-hmm. to have him quote certain things that he said. Yeah, at the time and place that he had said it, a different part of the scripture. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like for example, like when she got to him at mm-hmm. some point, and he's basically just falling over, mm-hmm. and it actually gave me goosebumps when he like. When he said, like he 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 was just on, and then he saw her, and it's like, okay, this is this moment where he's going to gain new strength and pick up the cross and keep going, right? Right. But what he actually said to her was, he looked at her and he said, "Woman, behold, I make all things new," and then picked up the cross and kept moving. Mm-hmm. So he he was using those points to have quotes from Christ that you wouldn't be able to put in. Oh. You know what I mean? And yeah. because it's some of the stuff that he, he had said. Yeah. Um, I was also, which was interesting to me, just yeah. the filmmaking. I was able to look at it in a, as a, in a filmmaker's perspective. Yeah. He picked out scriptures and things that Christ said that were mm-hmm. very controversial even today. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like he picked out stuff where he's with his disciples and he said, um, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No yeah. one comes to the Father except by me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like of all the things that he said, you pick that. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is a very, which is a statement of, uh, you know, every other religion is false. Yeah, exclusive, mm-hmm. exclusivity. Right. Yep. You know, and and so it's it's it, it was astounding to me how he picked certain things out. Yeah. Yep. That Christ said that are mm-hmm. that are very controversial, very unpopular, mm-hmm. and it was another thing too of actually um, we live in a in a, in a world now 
first of all, when it's when this was all happening, and even in the Garden of Gethsemane, I'm like, this is crazy that we live in a time where we can see this play out on a screen. Mm-hmm. You know, not That's many true. generations and That's people can, true, won't yeah. even be able to even see anything even close to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the past, and um, with, you know, and and with that. Um, seeing it play out the way and seeing him not just on the cross, but seeing him say things mm-hmm. like seeing someone saying, yeah, I am the way, mm-hmm. right? That you, you're just not used to people. Like right. even me seeing that on film mm-hmm. took a second. I'm like, what if I was live there yeah. and someone said that to me mm-hmm. and just eyeball and eyeball and saying, come to me, all you mm-hmm. who are weary and I will yeah. give you rest. Yeah. yeah. I think that when when the when the scripture talks about he spoke as one with authority, no one was used to hearing. Yeah, and and that's part of the the argument you can make with the Bible being true. It's like he's the only one that claimed to be mm-hmm. this yeah. way, and to see him actually say that, like he'll be sitting with his disciples and he'll be saying, "I am, you know, uh, you know, and God in the flesh, and I am all this stuff." It was cool to see that. Yeah, you know, this was beyond the cross stuff. Yeah, and uh, last reference I'll make too, just some things I observed. Even how brutal it was, the whipping, you know, and how hard it was to take. Like, I found myself, when I was watching it again, I was tense. Mm. Like, I couldn't, like, I, I was not relaxed. Yeah. You know? And um, even that, the Bible says that he was unrecognizable. Yeah. You know? And in the in the film, you could still recognize him a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And it was, and for me to think that he was even more brutal than what they showed. Yeah. And they didn't even really get into, they couldn't, because the cross is not a, the way they always depicted in movies, even in this one, and I mm-hmm. think they could depict it this way because anything else is too graphic. Mm-hmm. The cross is not a death by just hanging and you and you bleed out. Yeah. You know, it's a death of suffocation. Yeah, you collapse in on yourself. Yeah, right. It's yeah. a death. Slow but they, they couldn't say. Now, the way that they addressed his, the way that they addressed the dislocation, mm-hmm. was him pulling the arm to the hole in the cross, mm-hmm. and they dislocated his shoulder to get it to where it needed to be. Mm-hmm. What actually happened was it dislocated while he was hanging. That's mm-hmm. the point. Uh, yeah. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And. What it does is it collapses your lungs and they put your they put your legs at a bent position enough so there's constant movement on the cross. You're mm-hmm. constantly kipping. Mm-hmm. Constantly to get your to because you'll suffocate if you're if you're in the hanging position, your lungs oh, collapse. So they're not still, and this is what they show. Um, the, you know, so it's not exact the suffocation's the wrong word. But it's it's your lungs collapse and you suffocate yourself. Mm-hmm. That's what that's how you die. Asphyxiation. Asphyxiation. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. So when you you become too exhausted and you hang, and then once your body picks up that you're about to die from su- from no air, mm-hmm. it kips mm-hmm. and you're back up again and you hold yourself there for as long as you can. You go back down. So this constant uh, kipping, yeah. moving all the time. Mm-hmm. All and, and he was buck naked too. There wasn't a loincloth. Yeah. So this is stuff yeah. that went on that they still can't put in a movie that is true to the to yeah. the character, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's why most people, that's why a lot of people last a really long time mm-hmm. on there. They're just for days and nights. They're just kipping and moving on this cross, suffering. Yeah. And so every time they move, the nails and everything get hurt. 
your your legs and knees because it's at a bend position get cramped. Yeah, and that's all part of the punishment. Yeah, wow. And uh, that's why some some guys were known to last even a couple weeks on the cross. Yeah, um, in public view, where everyone can see you. Yeah, and Christ dying that quickly. That's why Pontius Pilate. I think it was Pilate when they said he's dead. He goes already. Mm-hmm. He died that. That's a quick death. Mm-hmm. For the cross, and so even after seeing all this and the brutality of it, and they did a good job with the makeup and stuff, his skin was just off. Like, it, um, well, yeah, I mean, the stab in the side, you know, that yeah. that that fifth wound. I mean, that certainly sped things up. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, right. Um, and so even even the brutality of it wasn't wasn't really what he experienced. It was worse. Yeah. And, and the, putting that in a movie probably would have been too much for people i mean yeah. that type of a yeah well the, scene. the thing is that's that's the, the i think the most amazing part about that is that that's not even the worst punishment he got that wasn't even right. the, that wasn't even the bad part all of that the shame the nakedness the torture the um the punishment of an innocent individual wasn't even the worst thing that he got was when he's the worst was when he suffered for three hours and during the wrath of god on right. the cross. Mm-hmm. That was the worst of it. That's yep. what he was dreading. His separation. Yeah, the separation. His, when the God punishment. Punished him, to, yep. to the, the, the innocent man being punished by God for the sins of the world, our sins. That was that was the punishment. That's yep. what he was sweating out in the garden. We, you know, for for the longest time, I, you know, growing mm-hmm. up, I thought he was sweating out the the physical aspect yeah. of it. No, no, that's not what it was. No. Christ suffered more in those three hours than everyone in in uh, hell combined for eternity. You know. Yeah, uh, and uh, one thing I want to say too is that um, I can't confirm this, but I had heard that the number one, uh, the number one person that crazy people in insane asylums claim they are, because mm-hmm. of the exclusive uh, exclusivity of his claims, mm-hmm. is Jesus Christ. Really? Yes. Interesting. Yes. That is interesting. And like Adolf Hitler's up there, you know, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. But Jesus Christ is number one because of the exclusivity that he claimed about himself, mm-hmm. the power. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and um, even, even you know, to, I mean, they had even scenes, I mean, where he would, he during all that, he said stuff like, Father, forgive them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. Just yeah. A, yeah. You know, um, the, and that's the Romans anyway. Realizing that that is our, that is my punishment that he bore but you're right it's the biggest thing was the wrath of god that he bore which makes me even more angry at films like the shack right where it claims that god suffered with him in the shack right yeah which is which is just the complete opposite Mm -hmm. of what actually happened there yeah you know and and uh which you know it's just it's just completely blasphemous but um, those are some newer things that I observed, you know, just in it and how if you watch it again, you, you really realize how well done it is. Yeah. Um, how accurate, mm-hmm. you know, and, and even in the beginning, the, the way that they portrayed his message to us is him dialoguing a little bit with Satan. Right. At first, I'm like, you know, well, Satan wasn't there. And but yeah. it's the way that they did it to help us understand what was going on. Like, yeah. like Satan came in at the very beginning when he was in the garden. He's going. No one can bear the sin of the world. Right, yeah. How can you bear this burden? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I'm like, man, that's how they portrayed what he what was going on. Yeah. It's so, true. Anyway, yeah. I'm yeah. done with that. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, pretty amazing film. A, a, a polarizing film. Many Christians didn't want to go see it because they thought it was a violation of the second commandment. 
yeah. pretty much. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, people saying you can't make an enemy, don't make any image of God, mm-hmm. you know, all that kind of stuff. Crazy so, image, yeah. yeah. Right. So, um, you know, polarizing film, but uh, I, I saw it. Um, I, you know, I'm, I, that's that's a good question of whether or not it was it's legitimate to pursue that kind of portrayal of Christ. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of what they did in um, Ben-Hur. Yeah, you know, they I never like show the too. face, yeah. right? You right. know, yeah. and we talk about the imagination doing the work, yeah. and you know, I think mm-hmm. I, I'm a fan of That's that. That's a good point. Yeah, um, but, uh, but I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm not going to go see a movie because they portray Christ. In yeah, there. gotcha. I, yeah. I'm not. Um, I like that. I thought of Ben Hur too in that too. That yeah. was ju- honestly, you can argue that was just as powerful. That was a really they powerful very, thing. Yes, not from Christ, things. but they, when Ben Hur would watch him on the cross, he saw him. Right. That's right. And then you saw the back of Jesus, and you would see him down there looking up at him, right. and what you saw was his reactions and his right. What I what I think yeah. what I what I think is incredible, and and I'm not sure if they did this. Did they do this in the film where he looked at um, he looked at uh, Caiaphas and was like, "But you will see the Son of Man coming yes. in the clouds." I can't imagine being that person, being told personally by Jesus Christ, "I'm going to come and punish you personally. You are going to see my punishment coming coming at you." I can't imagine being that person. I would, you know, I mean, there before the grace yeah. of the Lord, go I, honestly. He signed his own death warrant there, too. Yeah, he did. I mean, you know, and they even portrayed in the film, which was crazy, I, you know, because I'm reading um, reading a book, I forget what it was called, The Case for Christ, you know, not, not, no, that was that was a different book, but uh, it talked about the illegal way in which he was tried. Yes. Like it, was Ill, it was illegal to have any type of trial at night. Okay. Okay. Right. And they yeah. actually referenced that in the movie. I'm like, you're kidding me. They referenced that's that. That's right. That's right. Because one the guy, guy that was like, out, the, well, the, he, he's like, where are the, where's the rest of everybody else? Yeah, where's, yeah. Well, yeah. Even before that, Mary Magdalene and the and, and then went to the two guards of Rome mm-hmm. and said they can't be doing this. This is illegal. What they're doing, they can't try him tonight. Right. Right. And mm-hmm. then another guy came out and kind of sweet talked him a little bit. And I'm like, they're addressing the uh, yeah. illegal portion of what yeah. they're doing, right. which which surprised me. I didn't remember that right. from the right. first one, but. Anyway. Well, the Passion of the Christ, much to get philosophical about. Um, for my pick, I'm going to talk about A Quiet Place. Yes. Um, I've been wanting to talk about this one for a while because um, it's it's kind of like, it was kind of like, <laughs> this is going to be a weird comparison, but just bear with me here. It was kind of like Justice League in that I loved half of it and I hated the other half. Oh, you hated the other half. Justice League. I I loved the family aspect of how they totally embraced, wow, haven't seen this in a while, a father, you know, leading and serving his family um, and uh, totally embracing the role of being the one who's responsible and uh, being the one who makes the decisions and you know bearing the weight of the responsibility of the family i am very surprised it's been such a long time since i've seen a movie like that most films we have today the dad's an idiot the mom has to do all the stuff um and 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 this one a mom totally embracing her role as a mother Mm -hmm. and and maintaining feminine strength not masculine strength feminine strength which looks different than masculine strength many times yeah it was the, the the family dynamic was a breath of fresh air. Um, the, you know the I, when when you have two parents like that, I I I really struggle to see a kid rebelling the way that that kid was rebelling. You know, like uh, would that really happen? Whatever. Hey, you know, maybe maybe it would. Um, so maybe the the kid dynamic was a little bit weird. But uh, again, like this I don't know this if family, it was weird. I, I mean, the, I mean, I agree with you in a sense that 
Sorry to cut you off. I, I don't know that I thought it I don't know that I thought it was out of place because I don't think it was I don't think there was any real blame on the parents. I mean the fact I, she was essentially the she was the reason her brother well, spoiler alert, everyone. If you haven't seen this movie, yes. she's the reason her brother dies in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So I mean that combined with the fact that she's already got this extremely frustrating, you know, um, issue. The fact that she's um, deaf. You know, the actress um, is actually deaf. Is she? Yeah. Oh wow. Oh really? Part of the that. reason they chose her, they wanted the realism of. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, she like. I mean, in that first scene, she like doesn't even know what's going on when suddenly her father's turning around and running. Yeah. To, the, to the boy, you know. Yeah. So it's just you know I I don't know I I, I can I can I I understood it from that point not that she like ha- not that she like she has these great parents and she's just rebelling to rebel. I, to me, it's more about just the, you know the tragedy of living in the situation. So yeah, I, yeah, and well, I mean, in in post apocalyptic times, and I think when you have a situation like that, when your dad says, "Hey, don't go down into that room." You're not going to throw this like, well, I'm going to go down that room anyway. You yeah. know? Why won't you let me down to that room? You know, it's like yeah. uh, you wouldn't really be asking. You wouldn't have time to worry about stupid stuff like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I mean, uh, you know, obviously it didn't take away from the film. I still yeah. enjoyed it. Um, just talking about the family dynamic. Um, the, that was probably the greatest part about the film was the family dynamic. For the, sure. the strong male father, uh, the strong female mother, mm-hmm. um, both both expressing their strength in that's respective to their sex. And that yeah. is very rare in Hollywood today. Um, and that was directed by John Krasinski, so hats off to him. Uh, yeah, for real. It, really, hats the off to him. Great, great job. I was a little disappointed because I was expecting a Hitchcockian, like Alfred Hitchcock yep. kind of feel to the yeah, movie. Shyamalan. Yes. Yeah, Hitchcock. Yes. Twist, yeah. Yes. Um, yep. and, and maybe something a little bit more in-depth about the, the aliens, you know? Unfortunately, that's where I think the movie fails when it comes to the aliens. They're inexplicably always hanging around. You know, they're always on hand, and they really just hang. There's three of them, and they really just hang around here the whole time. Yeah, that's all they do. I, they're just around here. You know, I mean, and they, like uh, you know, lots of questions. Like you know, you got buzzards up in the sky going. I'm not trying to like ah, you know, you know, swipe at them, you know, up in the sky, you know. Um, how, how come uh, they didn't set up their house by the waterfall? Why don't yeah. they just live at the waterfall? You know, I mean, I we've all seen we've all seen this, but for our listeners who might not have seen it, who are listening, um, yeah. So uh, essentially, there are these aliens, and he he, there are these aliens that are angered at noise. And so essentially when they any attack ma- noise, when, yeah, when any major noise, cause they don't have eyes. Right. And so when any major noise that is this, you know, that, that happens and they become distraught and they attack it. And so, um, and so what Luke's, what Luke's specifically pointing out is that, is that in the movie, they tell us specifically that within the area, um, where, um, our family lives, there are three. So, but we're talking about quite probably many acres of land several yes. more than several miles worth of radius yes. and somehow and somehow there there are noises that happen that are loud in the sense that they're loud but not like not like would echo even if you have super hearing would echo miles away yeah and yet so they would have to be relatively close so somehow in this they're always in this, hanging you know, around this five mile radius yeah. ten mile radius whatever it is um, somehow there's only three of them, and yet they're, they're, all of them are there all of the time. Yes. Like whenever anything happens. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's 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 a little weird. And Joe, you brought up that point where um, these creatures, when they really want to listen intently, they remove part of their outer shell, their exterior, yeah. and, uh, and, and their there's head. this yeah, yeah, and there's this organ in there yeah. that they can hear it's, even yeah, more. Their now, giant I, ear if, organ. Right. right. And, and if I'm thinking like that, like they would totally be able to hear your heartbeat. 
and know exactly where you are. I agree with that too. Yeah, I mean, there are plenty of times when they like they want to like hear. They know their victim is close. So yeah, want to hear it, and so they like open their head and, and and like they're listening for anything. And yeah, I agree. I feel like that kind of stuff would happen. But then the other the other thing is is like when it's closed, how good is their hearing? And again, yes. I mean, there's right. so again, this these are more spoilers, but. There's a scene where the the mom um, is walking downstairs and a, a nail has been kind of pulled up from the floorboard and she steps on it and she she, dro- she drops like a picture frame right yeah so I mean a picture frame falls seven feet crashes and breaks and I mean that's the kind of thing that I feel like if I was upstairs I wouldn't have necessarily heard right yeah. and yet you know, and then suddenly this brings all three creatures there this is essentially the big thing that like sets yeah. off the climax of the movie is and all he was three apparently like a there. mile away yeah yeah and, and then and they're, they're there within like two minutes yeah and yeah. And, and all of them are there yeah. so it's not even like okay like one random one is about yeah. and oh he hears it and he's there right and I mean that would to me like that would have been a simple thing to have fixed right like one of them is there and then the ensuing chaos brings right. the others the, my, so. my problem with the movie is there's too many questions about the aliens yeah there's no, too agree. many they didn't really address hey what if we just took a bell suspended it 30 feet in the air and just rang it the whole time yeah. mm-hmm. why wouldn't they just get below and try and swipe it at, at yeah. the air you know they wouldn't be able to figure out hey it's hanging because they can't see yeah you know so you know th- 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 there's a lot of questions like that too yeah. many questions i came out of the theater i came out of the theater wanting to play 20 questions with yes exactly like yes him, like i just wanted to get him in a room and be like <laughs> <Yeah>. all right <laughs> You have to have fleshed some of this stuff out. Yeah, yeah, so. exactly. Let's so th- that's that's the thing about Plus, Hitchcock. This movie has done extremely well, right? And th- in terms of the box office, so we might get a sequel. Uh, well, I mean, they have to explain a little bit more. That's the thing about Hitchcock and Shyamalan. There was a lot of explanation. There wasn't much going back and going. Well, wait a sec. Well, what about this? You know, there was a little bit, but yeah. not like as many as I'm asking right now. Yeah. You know, they they didn't wrap it up. You know, they there was too many open ended questions about these creatures. Well, I, the the premise was great, but the execution on the creatures was bad. I think yeah, that's I th- what I hurt think me. So, on I that think one. so too. I, I was a little I, disappointed in I, that I, respect. I would. I what I said, and I said this to Luke a while ago when we talked about it a little bit, but. Um, when you're when you're sort of the a writer or or making any kind of story, right? When you're writing a story or you're or you're I guess directing you know a movie or or a TV show or whatever, it's impossible for you to to answer every question, right? Yeah. It's impossible for you for, for you to explain every little detail, right? But but the the point of a story is to grasp your audience in such a way that like that you cover all the obvious questions and the the story is enthralling enough that you you're not you're not kind of bothered to ask the really deep questions and this like and i guess during the movie maybe i wasn't asking as many questions because it is extremely suspenseful and you're kind of like all curled up like oh man yeah but um and when you don't know what's going to happen but you know i i mean to me even during the movie there i had some questions and then after i was like I was like, I could come up with for like twenty questions about the aliens, like I said, in like five minutes, and so I just don't think it does enough explaining to really like to really bring you in. And and it, I don't know that John Krasinski is, in a sense, the master of the the story in this particular. Yes, no, as a director, I, you know. Well, yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I kind of had this thought that he might die. Mm-hmm. You know why? Because mm. on the way in, they had a little poster mm-hmm. had Emily Blunt's name before him, like had Emily Blunt top left and John Krasinski top right. Oh, on the poster for the poster for the movie. <laughs> poster for the movie. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, I'm like, hmm. He's not the main character. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway. uh-huh. But um, no, I hear I mean, all that. I, 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 I but in, in essence, so many though, questions, um, though, like 
it was well, just about the aliens, but it seemed like he was asking those same questions in his basement a lot. He had all these um, things yeah, trying to those figure were, out. I think those were like stock questions, like why are they so strong? You know, there yeah. and there's three of them, but no one. Yeah. I, I mean, thought there was five. I, was, I thought he had counted five total. No, he had three. His, he literally, his, yeah, he has a giant three written in the yeah, basement. Right. Yeah. So the, the premise was that he was still trying to figure out these creatures well yes know? sure and i mean i i just don't think again the point is, as the master a storyteller of your of the commander of your story is to is to keep that suspension of disbelief in place so your audience should not be asking like okay how are these yeah i agree with that. Yeah. yeah yeah and yeah, i just exactly. think i think I didn't there's find too many asking obvious, that stuff. Uh, i don't know i just didn't find myself asking those things during it uh, i i, I, I was think that uh, I, unfortunately i see that's the thing i mean i maybe, was not expecting it to be so uh, I was not. I was expecting the the animal, the aliens, to be a little more, a little more solid in the way that they acted and responded. Yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, they could have solved this problem. They could have solved this problem easily by not making it just three. You know, they they could have yeah. said there's a lot of there's, there's a thousand yeah. of them. Around. But how would yeah, you then, know that? Then how would have he gotten, know that? But then they would have gotten more problems. How would they convey it's that? Not, message? All, all, he needs, about, all he needs to do is put like a number sign with a question mark next yeah. to it. Like how many are but there? But it's also you I know, mean, and, and as you're going through his basement, you know, and he's writing down questions. And he how many? Fight, and he only f- okay. Twelve sightings. You know, all, you know, maybe there's a dozen. Yeah, you know, I'm that would be how he figured out that there were three. Yeah. How does he distinguish between one or the Yeah. Um. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, like these, well, well, you, know? you would if if you had to deal with three at a time, which maybe he did at one point. Maybe, yeah, but um, true. yeah. I mean, well, I also think we needed to emphasize your point that there is really no twist. I I feel like everyone expected there to be a twist. I heard lots of people who even liked the movie who expected there to be some sort of a twist, and then at the yeah. end, and then at the end, it's just they figure out how to kill the aliens. Yeah. So yeah, and, and, Hitch, and Hitchcock like, and Shyamalan have set the standard there with those kinds of films. So when you when you walk into a film expecting that. Yeah, that's what you expect. Yeah. When it looks like a Shyamalan film, you expect yeah. it to act like one, I guess. So yeah, I think they, I think they nail. I think it's a solid post-apocalyptic film, in my opinion. Like I think that they nail the atmosphere of post-apocalypse. Yeah. I think they, I think they really get us. I think they nail the sort of elements of horror or suspense in the sense that you have to really care about the characters. I really care. Well, about that's the what makes it. Oh, here we really, go again. Really, that's what makes it good, people. Yeah. Come on, yeah, I really you know, it's, it's like this is just another family. whatever. If yeah. you don't like the family, if yeah. you're just whatever yes. about the family, yeah. So I it's think they just, do, I think it's they just do, another movie. Yeah. I think they do a, a good. I think it's. I think it's a solid uh, genre movie. I don't think it's a staple of a post-apocalyptic genre. Uh, and I think I think the aliens are kind of what befall that. Also, there's. I've noticed this interesting trend where. Uh, the concepts of all aliens in, in more recent movies all seem to resemble the Demogorgons from Stranger Things, and I'm a little bit sad by that. So it's like, I mean, I know well, maybe Stranger they're just Th- cashing I, in on. I know the, Stranger uh, Things is real is real pop. popular right now, but I mean, I don't us, know, man. I, I don't know what. Yeah, to I mean, tell I mean, we have, there's some pretty brilliant concept artists out there. You can come yeah, up with other true. stuff. So maybe. maybe. Well, my grandfather, um, who was an inventor, said that if it can't be done in nature, then it can't be done by humans. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, what was it, the aliens from uh, Alien were based on uh, an actual ocean creature, I think. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, if, you, if you look horrifying. at it, if you look at it, mm-hmm. uh, the, this, this creature that exists, I can't, remember, I can't remember if it's a bug or if it's like one of those deep sea ocean disgusting yeah. things. Um, you're like, wow, that actually does look like uh, what the Reaper. 
Xenomorphs? Xenomorphs, yeah. yeah. It does actually look like a xenomorph, you know? Yeah. And, and it acts similarly to its, like, yeah. host or what have you, you know? Uh, and, and actually, that's what Ridley Scott based it off of. Yeah. Or whoever Those made it. So yeah, whoever designed it. It's yeah. so I, gross and cool. I, just I, I will that say, grin that they had. Yeah, was that's like, true. I, was I will, I will say, for this movie, I will say one good thing for this. Well, I, I like I said, I think it's a solid movie. I just don't think it's an incredible movie. Like, And I think it had the potential yeah. to be a really incredible yeah, movie. Lots yeah, of, lots of insects and animals out there to base aliens off of. Um, yeah, uh, it, and I, these I, were like based off that, nothing. They looked in, like in terms of a yeah, in terms of a suspenseful, in terms of suspenseful slash horror movie. The one thing, the one scene that did really get me is I am deathly afraid of aquatic things. Uh-huh. I I like have oh, a, the waters. I, I have like a death. Yes, I have like a deathly fear of sharks and and crocodiles and all types of stuff like that. Pretty much just the ocean in general, um, and everything inside of it. And so the scene where her little, her little, uh, their little like hideout place is is flooding, and oh. and the creature is in the corner, and it goes under the water, and you can't see it, and she's walking forward to get her baby. That I think that was masterfully done. Yeah. I was like, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I was like, okay. I was like, this can't get any worse. And then he like, they, the creature just went underwater. And I was like, no, please don't do this to me. He'd be bumping into everything. Yeah. Because uh, he's, yeah. he's blind. Anyway, so that's, uh, that is a quiet place. A uh, good movie, in my opinion. Um, the family dynamic is what really made that movie shine. Uh, the concept is really great. Concept yeah. is brilliant, but the execution on the aliens is what really makes it lacking. So, out yeah, of three strikes, it has enough. one big, in my opinion, one big strike against it because you walk out of that movie uh, having more questions uh, than answers. Yeah. So that's that there film. Was a lot that wasn't fleshed out. That I know you don't want to. You don't want to destroy the pacing of the movie, but in the some sense, you got to do a little bit more fleshing out than they did. So uh, that's that film, and we're going to move on to our next segment. Uh, which is the big ticket item. Avengers. Avengers Infinity War. Yep. Here we go. Uh, Avengers Infinity War is pretty much a culmination of almost every single event, uh, Marvel film up until this point. Yep. Um, it is a it is a uh, result that has been probably about five or six years in the making um, of, of Marvel films. Ten, every years. Ten, years. Ten, ten years. Ten years in the making of ten First years. Iron Man. Uh, well, right. First Iron Man was ten years ago. Yep. I, I think. I think what yeah, Luke no said Thanos. five or six years. Uh, yeah, we don't see Thanos until the first Avengers movie. Yeah, that was, which about was five four years. Six, four yeah. years into it. So. Yeah, so that's, six years. In the that's making. what I'm talking about. And um, it, it's uh, centered around Thanos' arrive uh, arrival to Earth and his quest to gain the Infinity Stones for his gauntlet, so that he can destroy half of all sentient beings. In the universe, yes, and this movie um, is based directly around a major Marvel comic um, mm-hmm. event that happened many, many years ago. Of the same name, right? Of the same name. Well, I don't think it's Infinity War. I thought maybe, it was. Was maybe it, it Infinity is. Gauntlet? Maybe. I thought it was Infinity. War. But yes, yeah. So anyway, sorry, Luke. Go ahead. Um, and uh, so in this film, uh, it obviously is centered around Thanos. Um, and the Avengers trying to stop him. And, and an interesting thing that you learn, and I'm not sure if they meant to do this 10 years ago, but you learn that a lot of the artifacts and items of interest in the old films are actually Infinity Stones. Yeah. 
No, they've um, definitely been building that up since the since the beginning. You I think would say. even Iron Man, they were like, "We're going to use this later, this Tesseract. Which, this is actually part? Infinity." The tes- well, the Tesseract the shows is up. Avengers. Oh, that's this Avengers. Is, yeah, that's right. Do you th- no, do you th- well, yes, the Tesseract and Avengers is definitely one. But right. um, the first time we see a sighting of an Infinity Stone or a reference to it is is in Thor, I believe. So, in the original, which one Thor was movie. it? Was was that was it the Tesseract? I thought it was the Tesseract. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you think that when they made the Tesseract, they're like, "Oh, we're going to use this later as an Infinity Stone"? Oh, definitely. You think? Oh, yeah. I mean, they definitely were like, they definitely. I mean, just based off yeah. the fact that they've, they definitely were like, once, once, once it got in there, once Disney, I think especially, once Disney bought Marvel, which I think happened after the second Iron Man. But anyway, once Disney happened. bought Marvel, I think I think, and they realized like the potential moneymaker they had on their hands. I think they were like, "Marvel, give us your best stories." Mm-hmm. So Marvel just, I mean, the obvious one is is to start with is Thanos and Infinity yeah. War. Yeah. So I definitely think, and 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 I think so. Like I said, I think Iron Man two happens. Disney bought them, and then the, we see the first we see the first setup for Infinity for this whole thing in, in Thor, and so I think it's meant to be there. So okay, I Dove, really do think it's there. Uh, we're gonna start with your thoughts. All right, um, on the movie. Yeah, I I enjoyed it immensely. I thought it was awesome. I mean, I just you know you can nitpick little things here and there. Oh, I can nitpick a lot of things. Yeah, and and, uh, I've got and a you huge can list here. and you can, but I, I kind of resisted too because I thought I thought you know what the the challenging task yeah for true. the Russo brothers yes. to put these people together and actually have it be a Yes, a, a, a thought that moves well, that yeah. paces well. No, yeah, I agree. To have all these stars yes. and all these egos mm-hmm. together. No, uh-huh. I, mean, I completely um, agree. I think they outdid themselves because everyone was amazed when we got Avengers, right? When we got Avengers, yeah. and they were like, "I can't believe they put those six heroes together, and it actually like, worked." It did. Yeah, and, and, I was, I, and the I, Russo right. brothers did it. Did it. Well, with now, more. now you're like, you're like, you're you're going into this though, going, "How in the heck?" Is, yeah, is no, is, I agree. is is Star Lord and Tony and Doctor Strange? How in the world are they going to talk to each other? Yeah, this is right. like what in the world? And they somehow just and still put maintain their character. Yeah, and still, yeah. Well, and still have a pace to the movie. Yeah. Still have everybody maintaining in character. Yeah. Still have not any one hero being kind of better or mm-hmm. or more funny than another. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Still having res- like respect for each one's abilities and mm-hmm. and and uh, and um, each one's ab- abilities. Yeah. Uh, I I was just I was blown away. Even like all the action was cool. Like the special effects, of course, were amazing. Yeah. Yes. I, I just found myself going, "This is working somehow." Yeah. And they got all these people in here, and it seems like I think they seem to be well, good leaders as far as what they're doing in Disney and Marvel. Yeah. Because I think a lot of that spills out from how they are behind the scenes yeah and it, you see a lot of that on social media and how mm-hmm. they are it seems yeah they're, yeah, like they're all those, good with the each PR other campaign behind this was they're, they're, amazing it, it yeah. seems oh like they're goodness. good with each other behind closed doors yeah, yeah. you know yeah. i'm sure things are frustrating but they seem that way and i think the the, the leadership involved yeah. in, in in what's going on the directors and everybody yeah. it seemed like they had that in mind it's like they need to be good off screen if we're gonna yeah. if they're gonna be good on screen with each yeah. other yeah. and um you know, so I was the stuff that you can nitpick and you can get you know a little bit mad about. I thought, you know what, I, I am going to give it a pass. Yeah, this is an immense challenge, mm-hmm. and and they absolutely delivered. You know, yeah. they just delivered, and it was everybody. Thor was cool. I just I, I found myself not not well. I should say I there was there was one guy that seems just completely useless, and that's um, what's his name, Drax Batista. Yeah, Drax. And I just I don't know what they ever do with him, but he's been that way 
the whole time. Yeah. He's useless in all of them. So so I it wasn't anything new. Yeah, I, um, I kind so of I, I was I was uh, there's one other character I was actually more frustrated with than Drax, but I was frustrated with Drax too. I kind of yeah. thought they should have I appreciated the fact they wanted to be true to all the characters, but I thought they should have they should have pulled he's, I don't even I think mean, he's, he's remotely true to the character. He's, he well, is, he's not remotely true to the comic character anyway. Oh, he's so, I, I'm talking about oh. they, they wanted to be I think they wanted to be true to the characters in the movies, like what they've seen in the past. But I his goal is to kill Thanos for killing his family. So I feel like they should have toned down the stupidity in in a in a, in a team up movie. Toned down the stupidity and boost up the fact that he's yeah. he's actually a really powerful character in the comics. The, well, they, so. well, then they should have toned down the stupidity in in Guardians of the Galaxy One. I know. Start I there. Know. That isn't that I, what isn't I mean, that what I've been I saying? Like, I, mean, I felt like his character not has, what I've been I saying. Just, I it's been I, consistent. I don't agree. It's been consistent. Well, it has been, but I also yeah. don't agree that they should have toned down his stupidity in the in the other two Guardians. So look, but that's all he is. The he's thing, okay. Really quickly well, about have really intellect, but he's really strong. Really so quickly kind of about Drax is that Drax almost accomplished in his lifetime in the comic books what Thanos accomplished. He almost conquered the entire universe, and you don't get that when you're an idiot. Okay, you don't do that right. with this he's character. Not right. He's not even close. Right. He's an and insult to the character of Drax. Drax the Destroyer. That's his name. The Destroyer. He's not this this idiot walking around thinking he can be invisible if he stands perfectly oh, that's still. Right. Me up. I love that. Oh, that. I, I thought it was funny too, but you know what? I, I thought that was funny because I'm used to his character now. This is who he is. Yeah. Now, now it is it is a shame and it's a sin, you know. But it is a way. But anyway, I, I anyway, that was ahead. I digress. Continue. Um. So I'm giving it. I, I, I'm I'm absolutely going. You know, what, guys. You know, you 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 did an incredible job with this. Mm-hmm. What an immense challenge, and you just you just delivered on. It. I I um as far as the action scenes and stuff like that, they were all good. I liked Thanos. I loved. I, I had a good idea of the film before when I read a little article when they asked who's the main character. Yeah. People asked the Russos, who's the main character? Yeah, They're Thanos. expecting Tony. They're expecting, they said, Thanos. if we yeah. can name any main character, it'd be Thanos. Yes, and I'm going, right. I'm going, Genius. that is a good Genius. sign, people. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you know, yeah. we have not had a real good villain that actually has a brain. Yeah. Um, yeah. Steppenwolf. And doing this for, Steppenwolf was joking. awful. <laughs> you know, and just and just he was the opposite of Steppenwolf. <laughs> you know, there's a reason. And and what else gave him credibility? I thought maybe this won't be mentioned much, but that minion guy, the spiritual guy, yeah. the telekinetic. Uh, yeah. I don't know what his name yeah. is. Do you remember his name? Uh, Squidward. Yeah, Squidward. Squidward. That's what Tony calls him. <laughs> Apparently, in the French version, he said Lord Voldemort in the French version because they don't have <laughs> yeah. a word for Squidward. Yeah. But anyway, so um, he compared to the Lord of Voldemort, mm. but. Um, That's cool. That guy, you know, when he had like the the the, the Infinity Stone, he's giving it to Thanos. Yeah. He's he's building him up by saying stupid stuff like, yeah. "I am unworthy to," yeah, yeah. you know, and yes. and and well, he's like, "Half of you will be killed, you will be liberated from yeah, your right, right. from your slavery, yeah, yeah. and half of you are going to serve the master," you know. And yeah. I'm like, this guy. A part of him being cool was this guy constantly beating it, you know. Yeah. And, and, and no, I mean to me. I, I mean, to me, I I feel like that was such fresh. The opening scene to this movie is such fresh writing, and in terms of how to write a villain Mm -hmm. compared to, and I feel like it. I feel like it's much closer. Actually, to me, the opening scene in this movie mimics the opening scene in The Dark Knight, which I can't believe no one has really done before. If you think about it, we've gotten all these meh villains, right? Not just from when you talk about Steppenwolf. We can look at Steppenwolf. We can look at um, the sister in Thor Ragnarok, and we can look at um, right. we right. can look at uh, Vulture in Spider Man, which we've all mentioned before as being kind of lame villains, right? Kind of right. lame. And what do they do with all these villains instead of 
instead of proving that they're great villains with mm-hmm. op- like great opening scenes, mm-hmm. they just give us backstory. Oh, she conquered the worlds. Uh, she did right. all this stuff. Yeah, right. And we get like a really brief scene that's not that cool, and then you know she gets her butt beat. Now I guess she destroys Thor's hammer, so that was decent. But like if you think about <laughs> if you think about Thor Ragnarok, right? Like we get all these like we get all these like flashbacks to him coming to the world and defeating everyone. Yeah. And uh, you know eating worlds, and then he kind of gets there and gets his butt. Steppenwolf just kind of gets his butt kicked around the whole time. Right. Yeah. And so it's not it's not cool. It's not interesting. In the Dark Knight. They established a Joker from the very beginning. Full gang of clowns goes in. The yeah. Joker sets the entire thing up so that everybody dies except for him. It's brilliant. It's beautiful. In this movie, they do the exact same thing. We right. haven't seen anything other than Thanos' face at the end of Avengers 1. We haven't seen anything else from him. We've heard lots of stuff, so we expect him to be bad, but we're kind of like, all right, you know, we haven't really had a death, really, except for, what, Quicksilver? Um like a serious death in, in, in the entire Marvel franchise. Yeah. And so it's kind of just like, you know, all right, so we're going to get a big bad. He's going to prove himself a little bit. And then he'll be defeated by the end. And then yeah. that opening scene, he comes right in, starts with Thor and major issues, right? He killed, well, spoiler alert for all of yes. you. I mean, we're going to, we're going to spoil a lot here, but he, you know, they open that scene. He beats the Hulk. He kills Heimdall. He kills Thor, or he kills Loki, and like, and that's how they open. Like, I don't know. It's You're just, like, oh you know, man, such good writing. Yeah. Part such of good yeah, writing. and part of the, the they respected Thanos in this. Yes. And uh, part of the way that they respected him was there was no quips and jokes towards him. Yeah. yeah. Right. You know, a lot of exactly. times you have villains. Yeah. You well, know, the hero, had, the hero will. Well, the, the closest thing that I saw. Was uh, Thor when he said you talk too much right in the beginning? Or no, and Star Lord when he yeah. said I'm going to shoot something. that. I'm going to shoot that. <clears throat> oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. He did yeah. say that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, right. that's but that's a cool. But that's, even that wasn't like like interrupting you while you're monologuing, kind of yeah. what they usually right. do. Yeah, you know. And I, mean? I I thought it was neat. Well, yeah, and I'm I'm not going because we'll, we'll, we'll then, talk and yeah. dialogue throughout it, but. Um, I just I really love Spider-Man. I thought the Iron Spider was cool. That was a lot oh, cooler yeah. than I oh, thought yeah. it was going to be. Oh, yeah. yeah, you know. And I thought I thought his suit was way too techy anyway. You know, but this one was nice and and like how the like it's yeah, amazing the how and... the way he moves. You know, and and uh, I, every scene that Spider-Man is in where he's doing his Spider-Man thing, I get a thrill out of. Yeah, and and. How the and then the legs things came out and I'm like he stinking looks like a stinking spider like yeah, how do they yeah. always make him look like that yeah. you know and Thanos grabs him and he throws him in the ground and he just calls him an insect yeah. and I'm just like that's so Spider Man man you know and and um, I thought all the powers are cool I got a thrill seeing him fight Doctor Strange back and forth mm-hmm. and like yes. the DBZ style yeah. I was getting a thrill out of that and he throws something back at at, at Doctor Strange and usually in movies he gets hit goes flying. In the in the first move, yeah, you know, right. and it just drives you crazy, and and so no, I got a counter. Yes, I have yeah. a counter to this. Boom, yeah. back at you. Yeah, and 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 boom, you know, and 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 uh, then then Tony comes back, and he's Tony, and it was desperate at the end, and yeah. I loved it. And yeah. Tony at the end is like, I am pulling out all the tricks of my the Iron yeah. Man stops yeah. 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 to try to beat this dude, and he was pulling every little trick he had in the book. Yeah. He was trying to use against this guy. And what was neat about that, I thought, too, was the plan to get the gauntlet off. And I thought, you know what? They have a shot. They have a chance at beating this guy with the gauntlet off. It was that thing that was beating him. It was Thanos' ability to use it. Yeah, that beat Doctor Strange. Yeah, that made him formidable against the Hulk. Yeah, all this stuff. But they thought, if we can just get this thing off, we can beat him. And I thought that was such a good... The Avengers get they got a shot, yeah, you know, and they failed, mm-hmm. and um, that paid respect to Thanos mm-hmm. to, to the viewer, 
it paid respect to the Avengers. Yeah. And and their plan to get the gauntlet off and then we can beat him and they mm-hmm. couldn't. Right. And yeah. Doctor Strange, I guess, looks in the future, sees the only way and way to do it, and that was to give him the time stone. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, another thought, I thought they fight with the <clears throat> monsters at Wakanda would be lame. I actually thought it was cool and I thought yep. it was going to yeah. be. Mm-hmm. It was a thrill to see um, an Iron Patriot anymore. He's not the Iron oh, yeah. Patriot. Mm-hmm. War Machine. The War, War Machine. Machine, and he's just hovering, right? Yep. And just blasting like just, stuff. Yeah, I'm like, I've been right looking up, yes. for that forever. Just, I know. Just up there, missiles yeah. coming out, stuff exploding. I know. I mean, unfortunately, they kind of like totally botched Falcon's character because Falcon's like, you know, picking up, picking off one dude at a time, and War Machine's like, yo, watch this, and then just like nukes uh, yeah. the entire just nukes field. Yeah. Well, yeah, and they see and you see him do a flyby, <laughs> yeah. and just boom, 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 yeah. boom, boom, right. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, ah, I've been wanting to see that for a long yeah, time, and right. that was really cool. Yes, um, I appreciate the fact that the the non-main characters weren't in it so much. That was something I was really afraid of. I'm seeing like the general girl Yuck. on posters with the Avengers, and I'm I'm sitting in Malacca. I'm like I'm like they better not have her in here too much. We have enough yeah. characters, right? Right. They didn't have them right. in there as much, you know. And uh, so, like I said, I'm I'm done. There's a lot of things I could say about it, right? Yeah. Well, um, I'll get to but it. But I'll I'll <laughs> say because of the way they ha- here it is again. What we say it all the freaking time. You handle the characters first, and you take care of your characters first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and everything else comes into place. All the action scenes are fun to watch. Then, yeah, and all their personalities are fun to listen to. Yeah, it was cool to watch Star Lord do his thing. I loved when he's hopping over. You know, they're doing a little bit of teamwork, and he yeah. puts that thing on his back, and then gives yeah. him the finger and falls through the. Yeah, I was like, that is cool, man. Right. Uh, and but you can't enjoy that if you're mad at him for some reason. Right. Earlier, or something he said, or. Mm-hmm. Or one one guy's better than another. Or if you don't yeah. take him seriously, you right. don't right. You you know, and so that that was very Star Lordy. Yeah. Um. And so yeah. I just I I mean I don't know eight nine out of ten maybe I mean I just yeah I I thought very it was well great done. for yeah. for me for me I actually had a really right, interesting... Joey your thoughts oh sorry no, no, no I'm okay. saying officially, officially officially now sorry I've been interjecting too much but mm-hmm. uh, my my fi- like I actually really interesting experience I saw it for the first time and didn't really like it. Mm-hmm. And then wow. I watched it again, and then I loved it. Mm-hmm. And so, and I just, just for the listeners, we all watched this film twice. Yeah, yeah. I saw it twice. And I, what I want to attribute that to, you, and I think, and I do think it's worth seeing twice, uh, definitely. But what I attribute that to you is, I actually think probably what is to me the biggest flaw in the movie um, actually isn't the movie's fault at all. Okay. Um, it's the Marvel Universe's fault. Okay. Which has been the fact that we really have never gotten a truly significant death in the Marvel Universe, okay. like ever. Like Quicksilver doesn't really count. I mean, they right. introduced yeah. him in the movie and they killed him in the they movie. They should have killed him anyway. That was and, just a and, weird yeah, death and, anyway. And nobody, and nobody really, yeah, nobody really shed we're, we're, many what, tears. What town yeah. was that in? That stupid town that nobody cares oh, about. Oh, yeah. it's out in the What's Baltics it called? Well, or something. Yeah. Zakovia. Zakovia. Yeah. I was like, so, what is that? So, yeah. So, 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 so anyway, so for me, it was what I was, I was, so as the movie progressed with every, with every death, right, except for the ending, obviously, because the ending, well, I guess I should say my prediction came true, didn't yes, it, gentlemen? It did. Yes, if you guys listen to our Black Panther podcast, I made a prediction, which is absolutely going, to, which we learned is going to come true. Um, they killed off a bunch of characters at the end, which are obviously all going to come back right. in the next movie. But I had what I, I I spent so much of the movie with characters that died before the end. I spent so much of the movie going, 
like thinking about like the whether they're actually going to be dead or not mm-hmm. that and and being like so like do I mourn this character or do I not I couldn't mourn any of the characters properly and therefore I couldn't actually focus on a lot of the stuff that was happening in the movie right. because it was just so like I was like okay are Loki and Heimdall actually dead? Okay, is Gamora actually dead? Okay, is, right. is right. Vision actually dead? Yep. Right. Because we've never had... They're so used to reviving yes. characters. We're so used to bringing them back in some weird way yes. that I, I don't know who to mourn. And so it's like, and so it's like, do I shed a tear or not, right? right. And, that was, and it so bothered me the first time I watched the movie because I'm thinking, okay, what is this actor doing? Is this, is this the kind of character they could actually kill off? Could they not kill him off? Right, right. Like, yes. there's a Guardians 3 in the works. Gamora's not dead. Yeah, right. And yeah. so, so because a lot of people, I've heard a lot of people on the internet say, it's obvious that they're going to bring all the characters that died at the very end with the gauntlet back, and that everyone who who died before that is probably actually dead. And I'm going, I don't think Gamora's so. not dead. Gamora's not dead. Loki's right? not, Loki's and not so dead. And so now, and so now they're going to have to write it in such a way that they can justify bringing all the characters of the end back and Gamora back without bringing the others back, or right. they're going to bring the others back. And so it's just like who's dead, who's not dead. And so I was playing this game in my head the entire time I watched the, the first time that I was just like I couldn't appreciate all the cool stuff happening. Yeah. And so and so that to me was like its biggest flaw. I was just like, uh. And so then when I saw it again, I was able to like I knew what was coming already in terms of character deaths. So then it was like I could just ignore that and then and then enjoy the other you, stuff. I think Vision looked pretty dead. Yeah. Oh man. When he kind of yes. took it out, I'm like, I'm he, like, that is such a like they made did, that move. But I color would be surprised. I was like, that was I mean, brutal. Vision's not a huge character, but I don't, right. I don't know. I'm just saying he dead. looked dead. No, I, I just said a good yeah. job of like yeah. making him, yeah. his color change. He was just like lifeless. Now, like, oh, are you familiar with the fan theory about where they all are? Oh yeah, in the Soul Stone. In the yeah. Soul Stone, yeah. and that makes sense given the fact that when Thanos sees Gamora as a child, the atmosphere is yellow. Yeah. Right. Now, the Russo, now, well, now the, the Russo brothers did cut that. They cut that theory. Oh, they that did. He sees Gamora in the Soul Stone. Yeah. They, oh, they they actually came out and said like that's not the oh, case. Okay. So all right. they okay. didn't technically shoot down the entire theory that there's like that all the characters are in the Soul Stone. Okay. But they shot down the theory that at the end there he, when he's with baby Gamora or little kid right. Gamora yeah. that that's in the Soul Stone. Oh, okay. Quick, uh, they did quick say side that note. I'm glad the they made two of them at once, and you only have a year in between. Yeah, I'm just saying. Oh, okay. no, I'm glad they did that. Okay. But yeah, so anyway, some of the things that I loved, I I loved, um, I loved. I thought the character matchups were so good. Yes, I thought that was yeah. another great way yes. to bring our characters together because rather than trying to get Iron Man to interact with everybody, they just stuck him with the characters that were best to stick him with and were right. most interesting to stick him with with Spidey yeah. and um and Peter Quill and um and Doctor Strange. Also, I just want to shout out to Benedict Cumberbatch mm-hmm. because I'll be completely honest, up until this point, in terms of any other Avengers movie or any other team-up movies, right, uh, to me, Iron Man is, or Robert Downey Jr. has always carried it. To me, he's always right. like, to me, he's always a step above every other actor. Yes. Like, you might like the characters more, you might like Captain America more than Iron Man, I get that. But in terms of acting ability and yeah. like and like being like caught up Standing in the character's out, man. actor, yeah. to me, he's always been a step above everybody. And I think, I think Benedict Cumberbatch matched him in this movie. Uh, I think the two of them, really? they, I, yeah, I think the two of them together, I think they, I think they were, Right on, like right in step with each other. Yeah. I was like, I was just as they both had commanding presence. Yeah, I was just as yeah. mesmerized by Doctor Strange as I was Robert Downey Jr. Yes. Um. And so to me, like to me, if that hadn't been the case, I don't think that that matchup would have worked. And so it was, it was not just a matchup of the two characters. It was a matchup of the two acting personalities mm. in a way that I think works so well. And if Doctor Strange hadn't been able to keep up, because like. Spider-Man doesn't keep up in the sense that he and Robert Downey Jr. already have this thing where they're, it's his mentor. Right. But but Doctor Strange and, and Iron Man are button heads. Yeah. And so, like, in order to... And, and I know that they do that in the first Avengers with Captain America, but to me, 
it always, it, even though there's good writing there, he always comes out on top in terms of the acting. Like, yeah. like to, uh, Chris Evans just isn't as good of an actor, and so it just doesn't. It, he does. He just seems. He kind of pales compared to Iron Man. I, I didn't think just, that happened. This Robert time. Downey Jr. just has too much presence. Yeah. that's his thing. He just has too much presence. Like yeah. as soon as he walks in the room, not only does his his character draw all the attention, but Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. draws all yeah, the right. attention. That's just the kind of person that he is. Yeah. And yeah. I think I think um, Chris Evans is does does is a phenomenal actor, and I think he does Captain America perfectly. Yeah. No, I think he does too. But Captain America isn't all about himself. I yeah. think that's consistent right. with the character. He's yeah. not all about hey, look at me and what I'm He's doing. Definitely not. Yeah. Iron Man is. Yeah. yeah and right. and so that's that's a reason why it makes so much sense for Iron Man to steal almost every scene. Yeah. But that's an interesting point yeah. that now that Doctor Strange is in the in mm-hmm. the mix, it's like oh my goodness. Well, I think he kind of almost darn, steals the yeah. scene yeah. too. It's like the darn yeah. Sorcerer Supreme for goodness yeah. sakes. Yeah, I think they totally that matchup. I think all that matchup was was awesome. Yes. I think it worked very very well. Uh-huh. And then again, and I mean the other matchups too. We had. Um, uh, with uh, Thor and uh, Rocket and Groot, yeah, and then everybody, was well yeah, what in the world? Like I'm like I'm like yeah, and then, and then, like, every, and then everybody great. and then everybody on the ground. I just I don't know. I thought it was I thought it was, I thought, well like, done. It was yeah, it was so like perfectly well meshed and and the fact that they're cutting back and forth between scenes and they're able to like yep. kind of get that's very you know Star Wars kind of started to to me when my watching started kind of all that. The, the, it seemed like Star Wars was the only real place that had like three, four different battles going on. Yeah, like it would be lightsaber yeah. duel, right? That's true. Yeah, cut out space space fighting. Yeah, yeah right. cut out rebels shooting. You know, trying yes. to get into yep. the base to cut the power to the mothership so then they can destroy it. Yeah, yeah. lightsaber duel. You know, yeah. and yeah, and uh, that's true. And um, they kind of stopped doing that, but I felt like this movie did well. It was yeah. just cut into different than Thanos yes. with Gamora to yes, yep, fighting the minions. Yep. No, I agree. Um, yeah, yeah. Which, I thought it know. was. I thought that was such a good idea and so, and done yeah. so well. Where they weren't like, okay, how do we get? Each how do we character? get everyone yeah. into the same room exactly. at the same time? How do we get each character <laughs> yes. to interact with each other? It was right. just okay. We're gonna we're gonna find the perfect. They are gonna do it though. It's yeah. gonna happen. Yeah. They yeah. are gonna get them in one yeah. room. Oh okay. yeah, we're gonna find. We're gonna find. The, how are we gonna find the perfect? You know what they're gonna do? They're gonna eat shawarma. Again, yeah, that's what they're going to do. They're all going to be part of it, but no. But think about like the the, the, the <laughs> think about the script going through the script every day or every week that they do, and the yeah. table of people that are yeah. there. Think I of know. that for a second. I know, like they're all in one spot like mm-hmm. that. That is yeah. absolutely wild. So I'm I thought, sorry, continue. I, no, it's okay. I thought that was great, and I also um, I just was so excited to see to see like the new Avengers mm-hmm. to see like Dr. Strange and Spidey and, and the guardians like all interacting yeah. like in the Avengers, like that scene, that really, really brief scene where Tony knights Spider-Man yes. and says, now you're an Avenger. I was like fan. I was fanboying so hard over that scene. <laughs> I was like, it's been my dream to see Wolverine and Spider-Man in the Avengers. Right. And one of them is happening. Uh, yeah. I was so happy. I was yes. so excited. Um, so I just like, I, yeah, I thought they treated all those characters really well. Um, the only two characters that I thought were not done well is I think they should have dumbed down Drax, which we talked about. And mm-hmm. then I also, I totally think they, I yeah. think they butchered with Bruce, Bruce yeah. Banner. Yeah. I think they totally broke. Yeah. Banner. That was and comic relief. Yeah. Yeah. Much. He was the yeah. comic. Re- I mean, he was, told me that they, I mean, in, in much of the, Jess, story, uh, much Jess of the story really was, liked him in this. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. 
Yeah. So I mean, the thing is, is like to me, what this movie did, which yep. I, I think was so so such a bummer for me, is like Bruce Banner is a genius, guys. Yes. Like he's yeah. a genius. Yeah. Like he is not. He is not like totally helpless without the Hulk. Right. Um. And so, right. but that's what they did. And well, that's movie. what the first and Avengers I, I, established. I know. Right. I know. But right. I. Uh, yeah. they, no, no. They I'm agreeing with you. The he, first Avengers. Remember, he's uh, he's coming for his brain. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I know. And so, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I, that's why I was so confused by that in this movie. I was just like, he's not the character to have picked the comic relief. I think he could have got more than enough with some of the other characters. I mean, yeah. Spidey's funny and right. doesn't have to be serious all the time. Drax, again, Bruce it's, not, Banner. it's not great, but he's right. there to be the comic relief. If, um, if Peter Quill is quippy. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, and if you so remember that when they established is quippy. when they established Avengers. Um, and you remember Bruce Banner, every time he was around, you were always afraid that he was going to lose it. He was yeah. always on the edge yeah. of losing it because remember, he, he's holding the staff, you know, yeah. put down the staff. Yeah. You oh, know, yeah, he's always so on the edge of losing it. And when he it. did, it and was that like was freak out time. That, yeah, that, that, that dynamic was gone in this yeah. film. Well, it was and just I, completely I, gone. I didn't mind the fact that they, that he, I mean, the fact that, you know, it made sense to me that Hulk getting beat so badly by Thanos in that opening scene yeah. that Hulk wouldn't want to come back out. Right. right. So right. that made sense he's to me. Real I proud. appreciate that. Obviously, yeah. we're going to get this big buildup in the second movie, mm-hmm. which will be cool. But the fact that they essentially made made Bruce Banner this, like, blubbering idiot throughout the entire movie yeah. was just so disrespectful. And it bothered me. And I will, Luke, Luke, this, uh, this is where I'm, I, in some ways, I'm going to have to admit. Uh, wrongness or, or on my part uh, and 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 uh, acknowledge you in a sense oh my goodness. Um, my uh, probably the scene that hurt me the most in this movie um, is the scene where they bring vision to Shuri um, who's uh, um, T'Challa's sister yes um, and she comes up with an idea that Bruce Banner hadn't thought of and yes. she like totally digs him for it yeah and I was just like what are they doing yeah I mean yeah, I mean annoying. I get the fact that I mean to be fair if we're looking at just the cinematic universe, I mean, Bruce Banner has really only has really only experimented with 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 um, Gamma and and become the Hulk. Oh, did I? Something happened in my headphones. Oh, oh. sorry. Yeah, me too. Um, I like got cut out or I'm talking. No, we're good. There we go. Good. Don't mess. Don't mess with it. Just yep. a chord. Good. Anyway, but yeah. So. Um, so I get that, and you know the fact that Shuri has pretty much built every technological advancement in Wakanda. So yes. I get the fact that there is that there, but like the dude's a genius, and I just I don't know. It's just like this. Th- they they got it right in the first Avengers when Iron Man started talking with Bruce yeah. about what? Do you, okay, what do you think about right. this? What yeah. about and then then you then you like, from that dialogue yeah, you got they, this. Why didn't they nerd out? Right, together? right, right. They got this yeah. idea that okay, here's two great minds yeah. talking about possibilities, and neither why, of them is an idiot. Yeah. But they can't do that because she's a black girl and he's a white male. Yeah. So they have to make him look like an idiot. Yeah. And 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 at you know at his expense. And that that to me that look. You've said it already. And, and, that yeah, is a and, bad and, testament to his character. Yeah, and I was fine with Shuri having the idea when he wasn't. I mean, he, when you're dealing when you're dealing with a giant green monster potentially coming out of you, you've got other things to think about, right? Rather than how to fix Vision or make him better, right? right. But but I you know so I get that. But just the fact like this whole mic drop, yeah, like oh, yeah, like, remark. Nah, I was just nah, like, come on, nah, not Bruce. Banner. I was like, yeah, and I really like Shuri as a character, but yeah. I was just like, come on. I was like, you didn't have to do that to Bruce. To me, that just like to me that was like the gut punch. That was like the he's been a blubbering idiot the entire movie, right? Now we're just going to hammer it in. So then to me, like the victories that he has, like when he kills the giant guy with the, 
with the um the hammer right. um with the Hulkbuster, right? Like to me right. the victories he has just seems so just seem to pale in comparison. I was just kind of like, this is too little, too late. Yeah. Like, and he does it kind of blubberingly again. Yes. He's kind of like, oh, yeah, Hulkbuster's already beaten the Hulk, but I don't know how to control it, even though I'm a genius. Yeah. And, oh, here, I'll accidentally <laughs> shoot you, shoot him into the atmosphere with my arm. Okay. Yeah. Right, and let me, let me trip while I'm yeah, running out the like battle. He has like one smart idea. He's, yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I was so bothered by Bruce. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, he sure he has funny jokes. That's cool, but needs way more response. But it's not his character to do it right. with. Yeah. And but again, at the end of Avengers, the first one, Tony's like, "Yo, let's go nerd out and build some yeah. stuff." Yeah. You know, because Bruce Banner can do that. Yeah. You know, he's one of the greatest minds in in Marvel. Yeah. And they just didn't pay that respect here. No. And that, that that bothered well, me. That's, yeah. And yeah. he's and he's uh, they just don't they don't capture his anger issues. I mean, he's got real anger issues. Yeah. Real ones. You know, yeah. for real stuff that happened yeah. in his life. And it's just when they don't capture that and make a joke out of it, it just, that's not who he is. And that's making a, a character out of somebody else. Yeah, yeah I agree with you. Um, yeah. Totally when it comes to him. And I thought that they nailed him pretty well in the first Avengers. Yeah. When What's Her Name? Absolutely. And they didn't, again, it wasn't so much him acting. It was who, who, people acting around him in response to what he's doing. Yeah. When, 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 when What's Her Face goes to capture him. Yeah. And he's telling her stories. Oh yeah. He's like he's like yeah. I tried to kill myself. Yeah. Right. You think yeah. I haven't tried that already? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and he doesn't call him the Hulk. You know, yeah. he's, he's like I put a bullet in my head and the big guy spit it out. Yeah. You know, and you're sitting here, you're going, dang. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and then when he kind of get and he just starts to get a little bit when he yeah. goes, you're lying to me. Yeah. And she just gets up and points a gun at him. Yeah. It's because of what she did. Yeah. That's well done stuff, yeah. man. Yeah. That's right. You know, and, and then when he finally when she goes, I swear on my life, I'll what'd she say to him? At the end, she's trying to calm him down yeah. when he's turning. And she's yeah. like, calm down, calm down. And she and he goes, I swear on my life. And he goes, your life. And then he turns yeah. in and she is freaked out of her life. Yeah, yeah. right. That is good stuff, man. Yeah, right, and, right. and so they that was only in that one from yeah. then on. Yeah, it was just. Well, I mean, I don't know that they've totally. I don't know that they totally ruined his character in Avengers Two or anything, but yeah, I know. I just the thing. The thing that's a giveaway is when he establishes, "Hey, I'm always angry." Okay, whether the Hulk comes out or not doesn't change that fact. He's always angry, and he's not angry like at all. Uh, Yeah, I know. He just watched like two good people die. I know. know. (laughs) Yeah, but somehow even with him being like. Angry and having these issues, they still had good dialogue with the rest of everybody yeah. in the first Avengers. That was yeah. somehow funny, but they were still, you it's know, okay. I mean, it's to, me, to me, it was almost like to me it was almost like they got some of the bigger the bigger actors slash characters together, and they said pick straws, and whichever of you gets the shortest straw is going to be our comic relief for this. Uh, yeah, it's like I don't know. Yeah, it was just a right. weird pick. It was yeah, just I like, agree. Well, I like agree. they had plenty of comedy without his jokes, yes. and he could have cracked a joke here or, or, or two. But he's like the whole entire time he's like the comic relief. Yeah, he's like killing the giant alien, and he's laughing and, and goofing yeah. off about it. Right. So yeah, it does yeah. it by accident. It's a little I frustrating. Just, yeah. To be fair, though. To me, what made up for it, and this will be my last point, and I'll let you. I know I've said too much already, but I'll let you Not get to it, Luke. I am so We've happy. All said too I'm much. so happy. They they ruined Bruce Banner, but they switched it, and finally, after seven years, eight years, finally fixed Thor. 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 Finally yes. fixed yes. Thor. I was so happy. Yeah. Yeah. So happy. <laughs> I was just, I, I, I I skin on that one. I knew exactly I what you were going to say because I, I thought the I, same I, thing, yeah. Joey. I think I've said this on the podcast, but yes. I haven't. I know I've said it to you guys. Yes. But I mean. They've had little brief little moments, yes. but like Thor is the kind of character that should enter every battle and just be kicking booty, yes. just be wrecking stuff, <laughs> yes. and and yeah. and they've preach. just never done it again. Oh, in a weird way, he's always been like 
like the Thor movies have always been like funny, yes, and like way too comic relief. Yes, and finally yeah. he like you know he lost his eye in uh in the end of uh in the end of the third Thor, and finally it got a little bit more serious. And yes. then obviously it opens very serious with this, right? But they finally they redeem his character. He gets the giant cool battle axe, yeah. and he jumps into the battle. And he's just wrecking everybody. Yeah. They're like, oh yeah, relief's here. He's one guy, and he's doing more than like everybody else combined. Yes, like, army combined. Thank you. And that's what's supposed to happen. With yes, the they battle. had a very Matrixy E D B Z esque type yeah. stuff going on there. Yeah. Yes, he's, he's in the air and oh. he's just lightning up yes. like crazy. That's yes, eyes are going. It's yeah. like I'm gonna kill everyone. Yeah. He's just like killing. That's yes. what's supposed to happen. Yeah. Exactly. And it's yeah. taken them forever. It's taken them since the first Thor movie when they established him as comic relief. Yes. It's taken them forever to. To figure guys, out oh, that is such his, a great point. His suit when he showed up too at the I end know. was sick. Yeah. Like he didn't have the, right he didn't have the silver. He had yeah. the blacked out. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was like, and they Dude. gave him an axe instead of another hammer. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Dude, he freaking killed it. Killed. I mean, yeah. Technically, I mean, he got him. Yeah. He got him right in oh, the yeah. chest with that sucker. Yeah. yeah. After he had all of yeah. the, and he wasn't joking. He said the Thanos killing kind of weapon. That's right. right. Yep. Yes. And Thanos tried to defend him. They beat him. Yeah, right. right at the end. But he was just alive enough to. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Crazy man. Right. No, I know. It's it's yeah. So no. they finally fixed Thor. I'm hoping they stay on that track. I Keep like Thor the, fixed. I like the Groot handle thing. Oh yeah, the Groot. Handle I thought that was, such was a neat. Cool touch. I thought it was too. That was a cool I touch. Thought, yeah, I thought it was yeah. a really cool little scene for Groot too. To like, because Groot can't be too significant because he is still just a teenage tree. And so like, just the fact that he has that like little scene was really cool. Yeah, yeah so, dude, I thought, yeah. Yeah, so I that was like that. I was so happy. They and you. Thor's personality, too. Yep. Feel like I'm living a teenage <laughs> tree. That's it. He said teenage tree. Yeah. <laughs> teenage dream, sorry. But, and, he was, and how he was motivated, too. They're yeah. like, he's like, so, yeah. Yeah. and he's just he's like, like, oh, I'm yeah, just, I'm not messing I'm around anymore. Thing, I'm yeah. going to kill this guy. You know, we're not messing around. The, and, the, yeah. the, the greatest thing about this film, I think, First off, was the character of Thanos? Yeah, w w like what you said. Mm -hmm. Right. Really going into okay, what kind of villain are we dealing with here? This yep. is what villain out there is like Thanos? This this very this scary. Not just the sight of him, but the thought of him. Mm -hmm. Because the thought of him coming, and you're like, I feel like with this guy, there's nothing I can do to stop him. Mm -hmm. And just the thought of that is is scary yeah. to me. Yeah. Not only he almost, is he intimidating. He almost has that he almost has that uh, that. Presence of uh, Shigur from uh, um, yes, like once he once he once he kills Loki and Heimdall and like Hulk just gets his butt beat like yeah. right off the bat. Yes. you're like okay, who's going to stop him? Yes, and until until Thor comes in at the very very end, yeah, what do they get out of all the battles they have with him? What one? He what does he say? All that for one drop of blood? Yeah, and, that's right. Yeah, that's and right. Tony Tony just cuts it. He gets a little cut yeah, on his cheek, yeah. and that's right. it. Yes. Right, and so like it is like it's almost that feeling of dread that you get from watching Shigur in uh, No Country for Old Men. Yes. That, like that, like whenever he shows Nothing's up, stop they're doomed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right, right. And, and again, it's not so much too about like what Thanos does; it's how they react. Yeah, you know when he when he's fighting Tony and Tony's just trying to do everything and he just hits him with this big left and the, yeah. and his and his. Uh, mass shatters, yeah. mm -hmm. right? And then you see his face after his mass shatters. Yeah. You know, he's, he's just like, like, Whoa. He's like oh crap, yes. I am in trouble. Yes. You know, and then he gets the new mask, and then he's just trying every yeah. desperately, yeah. Yes. you know, to try to stop this guy. The the the, the greatest thing about this was Thanos, the 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 the, the character of Thanos, and and how he believed with conviction yeah. that what he was doing was the right thing right. to do. And 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 that is, is such a great thought to communicate in a villain like you know it's very rare when you see that I'm not just a bad guy cuz I'm a bad guy. Yeah. 
I'm a complicated person who I'm a I am a bad guy, but I have a reason for why I'm bad. Yeah. And it's not just because I woke up one day and I just I like bloodshed. Yeah, you right, know? right, right. I I I truly believe that what I'm doing is a good thing for the in universe. my book for the yeah. universe for you my, yeah for you for you personally I'm helping I'm, you yeah. all out and everyone and, but here's the thing everyone yeah. who survives gets to survive and thrive longer because right. of what he did yeah. and here's the thing that I think is genius about him a lot of movies they do this when they explain the villain what they do is they're trying to get you to relate to him and feel sorry and be like oh he's just misled yeah. even though you understand what Thanos is doing everyone understands what Thanos is doing mm-hmm. it doesn't matter you're still wrong and you're still a bad person mm-hmm. for doing it mm-hmm. even though he still believes with conviction it's rare when you see that too mm-hmm. because usually when they explain the villain side you're like oh well I see it through your eyes and, and now I kind of agree with you and this is just one big misunderstanding yeah. no. no garbage we still see it through your eyes and you're still messed up it makes it even worse yeah, when yeah. we see it through your eyes but he still believes it no matter and, and you feel like even as a viewer you're like even I can't convince you there's yeah. nothing that can convince you that what you're doing yeah. is wrong we, have we to just fight. have to stop you we yeah, have we to have fight, to fight you yeah, right. you know we have to physically fight you and that's such a great character such a wonderful villain I mean uh, to have the second thing that I love about this film was the respect that they gave for every character yeah. with the exception of Hulk yeah. the, that you know um, th- that line that was uttered by Loki you know you will never be Oh God, I was right, like, you right. finally respected this mm. character that even though he's being choked to death, he still has this haughty feeling. Mm. You know, the, the, the root of, of the despicableness of, of Loki is the, is the hatred of those who are less than him. Mm. He still hates Thanos. Mm. Even though he's being choked out, he's mm. still not going to be a god. You know, yeah. kind of rubbing it in his face a little yeah. bit more. You know, and I was like, oh my goodness, they're finally being true to Loki's character and that, here. And that whole idea that they... They, that the villain of the new movie kills the first villain that, that the yes. Avengers ever fought. Right? Yeah, yes. so good. yeah. It, it's it's so well done. Thor, you know, like where he's doing the whole, he's opening up the star and he's holding yeah. it out. And you're like, you know, this is like hero stuff. This is yeah. hero work. Yeah. You know, he's like, you know, holding it open. You know, yeah. like this is classic hero stuff. You know, so many good times. Like the, of you know your your complaint about the X three X Men three, where everyone had their shining moment yeah. for five seconds, and then we went on the next character. They had their shine moment yeah. for five seconds and it was just so bad this one it was like every time they're on screen it was a shining moment yeah. you know like everyone they respected each other's powers yeah you know we we all got to see their powers more than one time you know uh yeah. we, we kept seeing it over and over again yeah. they, they delivered on okay let's see um dr strange do his thing we're not just yeah. gonna have one scene we're gonna have a couple scenes of yeah. dr strange doing his thing. Yeah. and iron man and all these all these great things was so well done yeah. you know the respect that they gave to each character um and, and uh uh, the way that they maintained uh, their their characters throughout the film was incredible. My favorite scene in the whole um, in the whole film was when it was uh, like again, it's to me, it's the little things. It's the little mm-hmm. subtle. It's the little subtle things that you have to like really look for. My favorite scene in the whole thing was when uh, uh, okay, first off. First off, when 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 Captain America gets introduced mm-hmm. and they throw the spear at him and yep. he catches it yep. right and. They and that m- look, and that look on her face of like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, who's this guy? Yeah, um, I'm fighting like a, a death robot with a soul gem in his head, right? Or a, with a mind gem in his head, and right. Captain America was the one who caught my shield. Yes, or, exactly. Or my spear. So, so he shows up, and they mercifully didn't make him say anything like. It's time to die, yeah. or you know, so, you're, yeah. you're dead now. Something cheesy, yeah. or even something that wasn't cheesy. Anything I think at that point would be bad. Yeah. They just made him look, and you're like, yeah. and that's the thing. They respect this character so much. He doesn't need to say anything. Yep. He just, just needs to get that look. You're like, oh boy, Captain 
stops here. Yeah, it's yeah. over now. Yeah. Oh, you're dead. You're all dead. You know, and 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 that that is. It, you don't need someone screaming that. You just feel that in your mind. Yeah. You're like, I. That's what's gonna happen. Captain America's here. Yeah. And and uh, I, I think probably he was my favorite character in this mm-hmm. besides Thanos because of that. Just that one scene. It was very short, but it was very important. Yeah, but they did it again at the end. Uh, well, here's the thing. Yeah, the, the, this, that that important scene I think is so important when you're establishing a character and you're and you're talking about the consistency of a character. You know, we all know in our hearts and minds beyond the scientific reason for ca- why, why Captain America is the way that he is. Mm-hmm. It goes deeper than science. Mm-hmm. And right. when that's, when Thanos his, came down, yeah. that's his strength. When Thanos came down with his gauntlet, he had all four stones. He had four mm-hmm. stones. He had four stones. Five. He had, there's six stones total. So he had right. five. He had, he had five. five. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. He had five stones, and he comes down on Captain America, and Captain America is, is grabbing mm-hmm. it, and he's holding it. He's going, ah, like that. And you can see this look on Thanos' face like, mm-hmm. This isn't making sense. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. doesn't well, that's because, add that's up. That's because what is what does Thanos chalk everything up to? He chalks it up to will, right? Yes. And Captain America is the only one with the will to. Yes. Because Tony, because Tony, right? Tony is all about thinking. So yes. Tony's Tony's constantly right. calculating. He's right. not really. It's not really about will. He's right. stubborn, but to him, the mind wins. But yes. but the mind isn't what the mind isn't what wins to Thanos, and that's and the, the only one who matches him in will. I mean, he has to kill Loki and Heimdall for Thor to even like figure it out. Yes, but, but Captain America, he hasn't. Captain America, he he like he hasn't faced him at all the entire movie, and then yes. right there at the end, he's the one who catches the gauntlet. Yes, right? and it's just like yeah, it's you pure see, will. Yes, and, right. And, and, it's it's sheer force and, of will. And what made that scene? Was the look on Thanos' face yeah. like this doesn't make sense? No wait a second. Yeah, he was You're just making, like, wait yes, a second. Exactly. Yeah. Wait. Wait a second. Yeah. You shouldn't be doing this. Nobody has done this. Yeah. And just that look on his face like this isn't this this doesn't add up. This isn't making sense. And 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 someone pointed out a friend of mine actually at Staples, uh, um, when I when I pick up there for my job, um, he pointed out that he was the first person he had to use two hands against. Mm-hmm. Um, really? Yeah, because he's using the left hand, the gauntlet. Everyone else, he's just like, gauntlet, yeah. gauntlet. Yeah. But then he puts the gauntlet down, and he's getting the full force of the gauntlet with six, with oh, five stones right. in it. Yeah, and yeah, then he yeah. has to come in with his right hand yeah. to stop Cap. That's how powerful Captain America is. Yeah. You know, That's you can't just fall around with Captain America. Yeah. He's more powerful than the it's, science. It's still yeah. consistent, too, a little bit with... Um, yeah, because of his will and his heart. Yes. Heart and will. Yes. And uh, and it's heart. Uh, and he just never. Well, another thing too that the comics give respect to Cap too, um, is he just well his his he just never gives up on stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. He will he will sacrifice his body and everything mm-hmm. to do what he needs to do. Yes. And uh, and um, they had that a little bit in uh, when they were all trying to pick up Thor's hammer. A little. Yeah. It was the same type of thing. Right. Where he tried to pick it out and Thor was like, oh wait a second, you know. Right. It was, was kind of oh, yeah, like that. Right. I forgot about that. Yes. It's yeah. kind of like he that. Almost he moves it. Up. He yeah. moves it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. He moves it, right? right. Yeah. 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 He moved right. it. Right. Yes. And uh, he just he just moves it slightly. And then you see Thor go. Yeah, Thor go. Wait a minute. That yeah. should yes. be. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Same exact thing where yes. Thanos is going, this. That's right. There's this yes. little look like. And, and uh, you, you know, know th- this is such a deep theme here um, with Captain America because his name is Captain America. A huge American staple is a celebration of the underdog. Mm. We right. celebrate the underdog, I, in my opinion, more than any other country. Uh, you know, and someone could totally, you know, argue with me on that. I'm willing to give up that point. Um, but I believe that America celebrates the underdog in our culture more mm. than any other, and that is ultimately a testament to Jesus Christ Himself, the mm. ultimate underdog. 
um, you know, uh, every, every celebration of the underdog that we have in America is ultimately point back to Christ Himself mm-hmm. um, as the 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 textbook underdog facing a uh, you know lowering himself, you know, humbling himself, and then defeating it through very humble means. You know, coming to to the world not through this big glorious hey look at me i'm the king i'm being in the most important place but in a manger in a stall mm-hmm. out in the middle of you know goodness knows where yeah. you know he, he's from nazareth the hood you know and you know the cell this is the celebration of the underdog and and you know and because america is based so much on so many christian principles uh th- this idea of captain america when he 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 embodies american thought yeah um and, and this this whole that scene right there i think was c- such a great testament to captain america yeah you know uh, that scene pointed to captain america captain america points to christ mm-hmm. you know and and that's what i got even out of just the that what was it 10 seconds 12 mm-hmm. second scene in my opinion it's such a great scene um, the movie was so well done. Yeah. Um, there were, yeah, obviously there were there, there were questions. You know, um, this this segment of uh, you know Mary Jane's uh, question is always where were the nerds? Um, this segment of where <laughs> were the nerds is brought to you by Mary Jane. She asked me this question. She said, "Why couldn't when they're trying to take off the gauntlet? Why couldn't um, Strange just make one of his circles? Because they took the hand off of Obsidian when he made his when he made his portal. Why couldn't they just saw it off?" You know, make the make the portal, stick it through, well, close that, the portal, I, I and think, bam! You I know? think that was foreshadowing because remember, it's not it's not Doctor Strange who ta- is Obsidian, the name of the giant. Yes. Okay. It's not Obsidian. It's not it's not Doctor Strange who cuts off Obsidian's arm. It's Wong. Okay. And so, so I mean, that would have probably occurred to Doctor Strange. Okay. So I I think I think that's probably how they're that might be how they get yeah, it. Yeah, but off. you can't. Does he? Okay. Yeah. They they the portal foams, but he he the port when he forms a portal, I've never seen him. Move the portal once it's formed. It's no, stationary. No, I agree. Yeah, but all you need is but you just make the you just make the portal and you take his gauntlet yeah, and you stick had, it through. They had, yeah, they had they and then had, close yeah, which the you can't do. You can't make the portal. Let's move Thanos no, 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 over no, here. No, his arm. They can choose where they can saying they can choose where the portal goes. They had right. control of his arm at that point. Yeah, they could have just put the arm in the portal and then closed the portal. I right. get that. I, I don't agree. think they can put the arm in the portal. No, Why no, do they do that? Well, no, you can make the portal. You got hold of his arm. His arms were limp. His arms were limp, yeah, like had, this. All you need to do is lift it up and then yeah. close the portal. Yeah, they could have easily put. Listen, but his arms listen. weren't limp. Okay, his arms what are you talking about? His arms were limp. His no, arms. No, no, his no. arms were no. limp. When they, they were, when the they were holding off. him with his, with yeah. when they had they the had, girl on top so, of him, so he was no, asleep. He no, was they, not asleep. He wasn't. Well, yeah, he kind of was. No, he wasn't. If they, if he was asleep, they would have gotten the gauntlet off immediately. He was fighting back. Yeah, he might have been fighting back. But again, the point was they had his arm all the way stretched out there at the end. All its arm, his arms out here. Yes. Listen, hold on. So Spidey's Iron Man's pulling on his arm. His arms out here. I'm right. sorry you guys can't see this. Right. For those listening, his arms out here. Right. Right. They make a portal right here. Where? And then, sp- listen. Not next to the arm. They make a portal next to the arm. All, all Spidey has to do is jump through the portal with holding the arm. Yeah, yes. and I'm saying not, through, not going to happen. I think they could have done that. Oh, not going to happen. There was too much resistance. I think it's. I honestly. You think try to do that if you're if you're I, someone. I think, if you're, if you're, I think that what they did with Obsidian is foreshadowing. I think that's how they're going to get the gauntlet off. Uh, in the okay. Second movie. Yeah. It could be. You might but, be right. But about I'm that. just saying, like, because they had Wong. Because that was it, pretty so. dang yeah. obvious. I'm saying. All I'm saying is that the only way you can cut his arm off with with a portal. Is by moving the portal over it. There's no way you're pulling his arm through no, it. No, okay, okay. Let me got a question for you. Was his right arm fighting them? Where was his what? right arm? No, he, no. It was no, once again, it wasn't. It was limp because uh, it was limp because it wasn't even limp. It was because of what's his name's gadget. Yeah, that's what that's what Star Lord contributed to that. He threw the gadget, that sucker thing. 
Mm-hmm. He threw it down next to him, which which immobilized his right arm. No, he was asleep because of um, Mantis. But he wasn't asleep. They're trying to make him sleep. He oh, was yeah. still awake because yeah. that Star-Lord messed it up. They would have got him asleep. I think they could have obviously done the portal thing. The point was that Wong did it so they didn't – and Doctor Strange wasn't there Who to was see standing it. next no. to Wong when the arm came out? Was that, it was it – was, no. um, was it Hulk? Yes, it was okay, Hulk. Okay, so yeah. – No, so here's what – the guy, I can't, Tony, I can't, does, I can't, Tony didn't see it. Doctor Strange right. didn't see I can't it. I can't believe I'm explaining this to you guys. You had Drax on his one leg. Yeah. Constant. Yeah. Not like holding him there like, it's a fight. So, the giveaway of this example is when he says, I got it off, but it's too late because he's awake. And then he grabs it. Yeah. Now, but, now, now if he, he wasn't was fully the asleep. Gauntlet, the gauntlet, right. He wasn't fully asleep. He's but you resist, can still he's move resist, the arm. He's resisting. Still but move they, the they, arm. they show they show that his arm's here, and then they pull it over here. Yes. They, they can move the arm. They can move yeah, the arm. Yeah, because he's falling asleep. Right. They can move the arm. That's all they got to do is move the arm. That's all they're saying is he can move the arm. They could have done it. Right. Listen, Doug. They could have done it. They didn't know to do it. That's the point. No, that's garbage. No. Listen. No, it's garbage. Listen. Listen. We'll talk about this later. No, no, no. We've got to make a point here. No, no. I can make a point here. It's okay, Doug. You're wrong. If you have it asleep enough to put it through a portal, then it's asleep enough to take the gauntlet off. That's think, the point. I think the gauntlet was tight. I think the gauntlet was tight, and they were trying to the, pull it off. The point is, he's fighting back. You're not going to form a portal. Now I'm going to jump through it and drag him through here. It's not happening. Yeah. Okay, Come and, on. and and I'm I'm here to submit to you that if he is actually closing his fist, then no amount of pulling is going to get it off. Yeah. Okay, they're, and they're they're pulling it. What the frick are they pulling it for? If he's fighting them, yeah, not going to get so, it off. But they did. They so got it, it to that been, point. They, they got him asleep enough to pull it like out. This right. If he's asleep when they pulled to, it off. If it's, right. Yeah, if it's asleep enough to pull it and out, they had it. It's asleep enough to move the arm. Yeah. If that's he's the point. yeah, that's the but point. That's fine. We're gonna move the on. point. Yeah. Move my on. point is that if you're gonna if if you're gonna form a portal, then you have the gauntlet off anyway. Okay. I want to I want to make one last point, and then I'm assuming no. I think that's I think you're way wrong. They were if you look back at the scene, they were moving his stuff around. Go ahead. I think so. My last point that I want to make is the we're, I just want to talk about the deaths at the very end. So so Thanos snaps his fingers right and kills off fifty percent of the universe. I think yes. that's the point right fifty percent of the universe. And so we see a bunch of our heroes die, which they did an incredible job with. Athena saw it twice along with me. She cried both times. At wow, Peter, at, she <laughs> at cried Peter both, Parker. She cried yeah. both times at Peter Parker. Yeah, but Groot, yeah, Groot and Peter Parker were just the worst. Um, I will. I will make They're the point. Back. I will. They. I know they are. I will make the point that I'm a little bit upset because they pretty much. It's. It's what. It's OG Avengers, right? For part two, it's going to be OG Avengers. All of the original mm-hmm. Avengers are alive. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be OG Avengers. It's going to be Ant Man. It's going to be Wasp. Wasp. It's going to be Captain Marvel. Um, is that it? Ant Man, Wasp, gonna Captain be, Marvel, oh, no, Captain be, America, Iron Man. No, no, yeah. So OG uh, Avengers, and then it's also Rocket. Rocket's still alive, right? Yes. And yeah. uh, what's the sister's name? Um, yeah, uh, Gamora's yeah, sister. Yeah, Gamora's yeah, sister. Oh, yeah, I forget Gamora's her name. How about alive. that torture scene too? That was, so, pretty, that was pretty. Yeah, crazy. so it's those two, and then it's what? And so yeah, so so it's a pretty small cast, but um, most of the deaths made sense to me, right? So like I, I understood why like even though I'm I was really sad and bummed to see like Peter go because I barely got enough of him um, right. being an Avenger yeah it's but true but it, it motivates Tony right um, Groot motivates Rocket like so there are all these like characters that go that motivate each other um, I was a little confused why 
why Black Panther goes and Okoye stays. I mean, again, it's yeah. motivation, but right. I was like, really, we're gonna get Okoye for the second movie, but yeah. not Black Panther. Right. Um, there's a possibility that will, if, there's a possibility that if they're in the Soul Stone, we might get scenes with them. I guess that's a possibility. But if they're not, I hope not. we might not see them. I hope we might not. not see them until the end, until they come back. Yeah. But I will say that the one that doesn't make sense to me is Peter. Okay. Because because Peter is essentially Peter uh, Star Lord is the is the reason that they don't get the gauntlet off, right? Mm-hmm. So he makes this he makes this tragic mistake. So now in the second movie, we're, he's not going to get the chance to redeem himself. And I'm also bummed because it would have just been him and Rocket, and which would have been kind of cool because they are constantly butting heads. So having them without the other event or the other um, guardians, I thought would have been a really interesting thing. I think they did it because of paycheck. Personally, I'm sure I'm sure. Uh, um, Chris Pratt goes for goes for a lot of money these days, and mm. I think they might have done it for paycheck. Uh, so, which I'm bummed by. We'll, to, we'll to never me, know. To me, based off of writing, everybody else who let, even though I was sad about a bunch of the characters, everybody else made sense to me. But Star Lord yes. didn't make sense to me. Uh, I, I like too how you know. Speaking of respect, I liked how they re- you talk about this dove. They respected Scarlet Witch. Like yeah. oh my word! Like her power, she was formidable. so powerful, yeah. you know, and 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 kind of like looking forward to like she hasn't even reached her full potential yet, you know. Yeah. So you know, really excited to see what they're gonna do with her, you know. Again, this Elizabeth this character does a good job. Yeah, it says, she does a main job maintaining her femininity yeah. and still being powerful at the same yeah. time. It, it is so refreshing. It was really great when they when they had when they fought that that uh, the the bad chick, yeah. you know, the minion chick versus uh, what was her name. Versus Okoye, Okoye and, and, and uh, Black, uh, Black Widow. Black Widow. Yeah, very well done. Scene. Yeah, that's I was, I was like, like I can get so, behind that. I can get excited. This about is that. so cool. Yeah, you know, and, and it just made sense that you'd have these three strong female characters fighting each other. Yeah. you know, it made sense to me. Yeah, and I'm glad that they did that. So yeah, no, I agree. I actually think that the minions were like such a cool addition. Yeah, they were. They were so well designed. They, they were like dumb CG stuff, and they were formidable. Yeah, they, can we they talk? Were all formidable, but yeah. they because were all, of numbers. They served a well. I don't know about that, but they they also no no. I'm not talking about those minions i'm actually oh, talking oh, about this oh, posse. talking about the five oh, children posse. of thanos yeah, yeah children yeah, of thanos yeah. yeah i i would also say that they also served a great purpose at not making morale too low because at least we saw avengers beat like enemies right like because i mean essentially if you didn't have the children of thanos we would have had an entire movie of thanos yes. just beating the crap out of everybody yes. and there would have been one victory that's a great point which would have been really yes. which would have been too frustrating mm-hmm. but right. we get to see these formidable opponents that mm-hmm. they do eventually beat all beat which is great and then and we still have Thanos kicking butts. So yes, it was a really nice like trade off, especially the telekinetic guy. Yeah, Squidward I he was, was good. Cool. He was, yeah. Squidward was was cool. I really and liked the uh, I really liked the Goblin, and um, I'm not sure who the uh, I'm not sure what the um, the female's name was, but I, I thought their pairing was yeah, really they're cool. good. They're yeah. really well done. I mean, everything was just really well done. That that like what you said, Dove. It doesn't matter about the like. Oh, what about this? Or what yeah. about that? It yeah. doesn't. That's a right. gra- that's a mark of a great movie. Yeah. That even though there's gaps, you just don't care. But yeah. you want to justify them in your yeah. mind because you're like, this movie's so good. I don't care if there's these gaps in there. Yeah. The movie just—it doesn't deserve to be nitpicked. Yeah. You know, it's just right. it, the 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 good outweighs the bad. I definitely think the good outweighs the bad. Yes, yeah. and now, on, upon set, like I said, upon my second time seeing it, I was like, okay, this is actually a great movie. Yes, so. yes. Yeah. Avengers going to get a triple recommendation. Yep, Infinity War. If were. you have yep. not seen this film, if you're invested in the Marvel universe at all, yes, you got to go see it. Yes, yeah, it's, it's stop awesome. what you're yeah. doing and go watch. You can see film. it anyway. The character development's great. Yes, that's true. You know, yeah. bad guys great. Good guys are great. I mean, it's it's fun. Yes. Well, it and, is a fun and, movie. And a test- Interesting. And a testament to <laughs> that was really funny. The second time we saw it, we saw it with Athena's um, dad and and brother, um, Grayson and and Rich. And 
And Rich hasn't seen a lot of the more recent Marvel movies. He hasn't seen Black Panther or Thor or Spidey or stuff like that. And, you know, so we went into it. And at, at the very end, when they all disappear, right, when half the cast disappears and it ends, he goes, he didn't know there was a second part, right? But he turns to Athena. He's like, that's it? He was like, what? He was like so upset, right? Yeah. So upset. But then the next day. I overhear him, and he's he's telling somebody that that he thought Avengers was like the the best movie he's seen in forever. Oh wow! He was like so he was like so excited about it. Oh wow! And I was like and I was like, why do you think that? And he was like he was like because it didn't end like a normal superhero movie. He goes right. half of them died. He's like yeah. the villain won. Yeah. He was yeah. like it was like it the was so won. dramatic. Yeah. So, the yes. villain won. The villain won. Yes. Yep. The main character won. Yep. Yeah. You know, uh, such a great the main film. character won. And that's actually one of the I would say I, I know I keep making comparisons to the Dark Knight, but maybe it's because I thought this was a great superhero film, and to me, like Dark Knight's like pinnacle good superhero <laughs> film. Yes. But to me, that's actually like one of the my, probably my biggest issue with the Dark Knight is that the Joker gets undermined by people. You know, they don't blow they don't blow up the two boats, which I wouldn't have necessarily wanted to happen. But like he gets undermined in that way. Right. The people are inherently good. Yeah. It's yeah. such a, like a lame message. And and, <laughs> and this and this and this character that has beaten Batman at every turn is suddenly undermined. And I don't know. It's just not my favorite. Well, it's thing. not respectful so that, of the character, that, right? And that doesn't yeah. happen to Thanos. He's right. Just, there's right. no point where he becomes so undermined. It's just like it fell flat for me in the Dark Knight. And this yes. like it never falls flat. Yes. Like he just yeah. keeps going. I'm excited too to see uh, that Kat. scene. Like that scene when he reverses. When he's finally yeah, at the yeah, time, yeah. he reverses Vision's death. Yeah, was crazy. Yeah, because I was like, because I'm all, because you know, I'm expecting it to go exactly the way the comics go. So I'm expecting him to snap his fingers. So Vision gets blown up, and I was like, it's over. I was like, <laughs> they're gonna change it. I was uh, like, they're gonna totally. He's not gonna get the the last stone. And then he's like, he's like, today's not the day to mourn. And you know, and he yeah. tur- and he, I was like, what? Uh, and it was it was good. I'm excited for Cap to get his actual shield back too. Yeah, Athena was upset by those by those little. Oh, so stupid! Had. Yeah, those, Come those on. were. It's yeah, like you're you're the vibranium capital of the world. You can't give him a shield yeah. back. Come on. <laughs> okay. No, so. that's because they're saving it. Yeah, yeah Tony, that's, Tony's that's, giving it back. Yeah, I think that's what's, I think oh, there's man. I think there's a bunch of stuff that they're saving. There's a bunch yeah. of stuff that they're that they're going to set up for the final movie, which will be cool. That's so, right. Okay. As long as they. Sh- Fix as long as they fix. Uh, I mean, since they'll have more time to focus on Bruce Banner um, and the OG Avengers, as long as they fix Bruce, I, I think everything will be good in the second yeah, one. So. Absolutely, the film is Avengers: We uh, Infinity War. We totally, wholeheartedly yes. recommend this absolutely. film. Please go sure. watch go it. Watch it. No crap. Yeah. No garbage. Yeah. No. Yeah, no. Very. Ugh. Very clean movie. Clean. Very yeah. clean movie. Yeah. Moving on to uh, our lists, uh, I you know for that one I think we could probably spend another hour talking about that one. But oh, we're yeah. gonna move on to I our have list. So many more points. but yes. I'll stop. I'm yeah. sorry. Um, we're gonna move on to our list. Uh, we, we, this week we are doing three of the greatest monologues. Now the difficult thing about a monologue, a great monologue, is realizing that it is indeed a monologue because you're so captivated by what's going on you don't realize the guy is monologuing yeah um that so it's hard to go back and say oh what was the greatest monologue because you don't realize it was one and as a result i feel like i'm gonna miss a lot um i have my list uh dove uh we started with you last segment joey we're gonna start with you this one me okay that's cool um so for me uh, what i find i'm doing with some of our our 
um, bigger lists, like more significant lists, I should say, because um, there's so many monologues that you know it's there's hard to lot. go. Th- it's hard to go yeah. through and decide like what is penultimately the best monologue yeah. ever. Now I'm still gonna make a case for my monologues, but right. um, but it's hard to decide that. So for me, I, I seem to develop themes in some of my lists. Yeah. So um, my theme here is is sort of um, all of my all of my uh, monologues kind of represent something psychological, mm-hmm. um, which I think is, is kind of for me, for me at least is more interesting than the, like, like the, the typical, like raw, raw speech. Like yes. there are some great, like, I mean, there are yes. absolutely some wonderful raw, raw speeches, but I, yes. I kind of headed a different route because, because as, as interesting and inspiring as those are, I thought these were a little bit more, it, it kind of gave you, gave you insight into the character, which yeah. is what mm-hmm. we always want, right? Great character development, yes. give you insight into the character and give you insight into human psyche in a way that I thought was really, really interesting uh-huh. really good. Yeah. so for number or uh, number three we're start at number three yeah. um, and go down the list number three i have goodwill hunting um this is the uh your move chief speech yeah. yeah um so this is the scene where um uh matt damon and robin williams are sitting on the bench um this is the second so robin williams plays the character who's the psychologist to matt damon and the first time they meet um if you haven't seen the movie the first time they meet uh, Matt Damon wants to like like he doesn't want to be there he doesn't want to be with a psychologist so he like wants to get like a one up on Robin Williams yes. right so he finds this picture that Robin Williams has in his office um, of a man in a boat in a storm um, and he sort of like psychoanalyzes the picture and uh, and kind of determines that he says to Robin Williams eventually you know, he's talking about how Robin Williams is the unhappy one that he feels like his life is a storm that he's helpless and he's crying out and then he turns to him and he says you married the wrong woman. And Robin Williams and and Robin Williams, you know, the entire time, Matt Damon is critiquing the picture itself, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, the painting is such a terrible job. Robin Williams is able to shrug it off, and then he's, you know, he says, "You're the man in the boat," and blah blah blah. And Robin Williams is still making jokes about it. He's able to shrug it off, and then he says, "You marry the wrong woman," and instantly Robin Williams' demeanor changes. Yeah. Right? He becomes very upset. We don't know anything about Robin Williams' character at this point, but he becomes very upset. He says, "You marry the wrong woman," and eventually Robin Williams grabs Matt Damon by the throat. If you disrespect uh, my wife again, yeah, I will says, end you. Yes, and I will end you. <laughs> exactly. You disrespect my wife again, and I will end you. Um, which is a great scene in and of itself. And some Wonderful great scene. There. Wonderful so the second scene. time they meet, um, you know, so Ro- it's now, you know, Robin Williams has ended the session with grabbing his patient by the throat and telling him he will end him. So Robin Williams has to kind of create a rapport that puts him on a more even pedestal with Matt Damon. And so he goes into this kind of the, this long monologue. Where he says, so if I asked you about art, you'd probably give me the skinny on every art book ever written. Michelangelo, you know a lot about him. Life's work, political aspirations. Are you going to quote the whole thing? I'm not going to. Okay. But I'm just, you know, this is what I I just wanted to get into a little bit, like what it is. So he says, life's work, political aspirations, him and the Pope, the whole works, right? But I bet you can't tell me what it smells like in the Sistine Chapel. You've never actually stood there and looked up at that beautiful ceiling, seen that. And so when he goes on to explain, you know, and if you've seen, uh, if you haven't seen the movie, it's it's an incredible movie, I think. An incredible it's, scene. It's, it's, yeah, and it's an incredible scene. Mm-hmm. But he goes on to he goes on to explain that just because Matt Damon is smart and he tries to hold everyone at arm's length because he's smart, that that you, you can't get to know people based off of books. You can't think just because you've read about the Sistine Chapel that you know what it's like to yes, be there, right? Right. You can't think that just because you've read about love that you know what it's like to to be vulnerable to someone and to love someone and right. to, to know someone in that way. And so. Uh, and and it's and he kind of he sort of with this moving speech he's able to kind of like establish a rapport, um, and I I just think this is so cool, um, such a cool speech and monologue for a lot of reasons. But it 
gives us insight, deep insight into the psyche of Robin Williams, right? Mm-hmm. And I also think it's it's such an interesting look at like the way, even like as a teacher, it, the way like it works in terms of like how we teach our students. Like Robin Williams isn't willing, even as the teacher essentially, or as the mentor, as he's a psychologist, but. You know, in that in that first in that first instance, he's not willing to be vulnerable, right? And it's just the two of them kind of. It's almost like this weird like pissing contest between yes. the two of them. Yeah. And he is vulnerable to Matt Damon, and Matt Damon in in, in it feels it feels terrible after that first yes. interaction. Uh, he didn't initially. He didn't even want to come back, but now he feels terrible because Rob Williams has opened up to him and kind of revealed. He eventually goes on to reveal what happened to his wife and that he didn't marry the wrong woman. His wife died of cancer, right? Right. right. And so yeah. So I just I think that's an incredible monologue. Yes. I think it's such a good scene absolutely um, yeah. and so yeah so one, i love that one that's one full three. scene they, yep. they circled slowly around robin williams as he did it absolutely it abs- yeah incredible it's, like, it's on his face the entire time yes. and that's that's one of those scenes that really kind of put puts robin williams on that pedestal that's Steep. like yes was like okay he's not just a funny man so yes he can do so much more so. absolutely um so yes yeah, so that's my number three um my number two since i've already been talking about the dark knight my number two is going to go to the joker um, I, there are actually multiple monologues. I think I know what you're talking about. There are multiple monologues from the Joker. Yeah. Um, the two that I settled on, um, the, I'm going to say the one that I settled on, but the, there's two because, again, they both kind of are very psychological. Um, the interrogation scene with him and Batman, and then also the scene where he visits Harvey Dent in the hospital as the nurse. Mm-hmm. Um, those two those two scenes are incredible, the monologues that he gives, specifically the one for Harvey. Um, but the Batman one sets it up for the one that he does for Harvey too because in both instances he attempts to – he it, through dialogue, right? I mean he's done all these horrible things and he does all these major actions. But through dialogue, he attempts to bring both Batman and Harvey Dent around to his way of seeing the world, right? Yes. And, and you, the, the viewer during this monologue, are almost convinced of it. And Batman – Batman it doubts but isn't totally convinced of, of the interrogation scene, right? He says um, during that whole thing where he says uh, one of my favorite quotes, um, he says uh, he's talking about the police, right? The police are all watching Batman and the Joker in the interrogation scene. He says their morals, their code, it's a bad joke. Dropped at the first sign of trouble, they're only as good as the world allows them to be. You'll see. I'll show you. When the chips are down, these uh, civilized people – they'll eat each other. Mm-hmm. See, I'm not a monster. I'm just ahead of the curve. I love that. <laughs> I, and so, and so, and he says that to Batman, right? And so, but Batman's too worried about Rachel to really, you know, right. kind of come around, but it's Harvey Dent. That's the major character that we see the change from, right? Harvey Dent loses Rachel. He gets half of his face burned off and the, the Joker comes to him in the hospital, right? And, and he explains to him, he does that whole thing where, do I look like a guy with a plan? Yeah. And so, and he explains that he is just an agent of chaos, yes. right? Mm-hmm. And it's all of this. He's able to turn Harvey Dent's world upside down in a matter of one monologue in a hospital bed for two minutes. And Harvey Dent goes from being the white knight of Gotham, right, to seeing himself become the villain. Yes. Um, and, and that transition is done purely because it's not just the things that have happened to him, but the Joker puts that into play. Yes. Um, and I just think, uh, again, just that, that sort of psychological aspect that someone who represented so much good could become so bad. It's just, it's just really interesting. And, and the Joker gives some really interesting – he's just so convincing in yes. those two monologues. Yes. But. Hmm. Uh, 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 an interesting take on a on a villain that I'm not sure is is precedented that I've seen. Maybe probably back in the 40s and 50s, they probably had hints of of people, but like this 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 agent of chaos mm-hmm. is a very interesting yep. 
um, approach on on the character of Joker. Yeah. Okay, what's your, what's your number one? Number one. All right. Do you guys want to guess based off of my shirt? I actually dressed up for this occasion in a sense. Um, we, I can't guess. You can't guess? Uh, based off your... Don't know? No. All right. Um, have you, Well, have I guess I should ask if you guys have seen it then. Have you guys seen There Will Be Blood? I have. You have? Yes. Have. Yes. The milkshake monologue at the very end is my number one. Okay. I think I, I just, I think it's, I, for me, it's... It's so interesting because you pretty much watch um, Daniel Day Lewis's character unravel within the whole monologue. Right? Yes, he he his name his name in the in the movie is Daniel, right? And he and he's with this character Eli, um, and he's beaten Eli essentially at this at this at this almost competition that they've had, and 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 he he's put so much into this. I actually attribute to kind of get philosophical for a moment. I almost attribute this. That that kind of monologue and this unraveling, um, if I, I will say spoiler alert um, for anyone who hasn't seen the movie, um, after he gives this monologue where he essentially kind of kind of explains how he's beaten um, Eli, um, he goes on to throw Eli down the bowling alley and then he bashes. I remember his, that. Yeah, yeah. He, ba- he bashes his head in with a bowling pin, right? But I, I there's. I think I always think this scene is so interesting to me because, like I said, to get philosophical for a second. Um, that idea that like man can become so sinful that God pulls his hand away. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And sort of leaves us to our sin. Right. Yes. That to me that this, that scene almost embodies that idea. To okay. Me. Cause, cause he starts out, he starts out kind of in control, right? He starts out kind of sane and just kind of like this gloating specter. Right. And he starts out, he starts out when he says, um, uh, he says, um, what does he say? He says, he says, you're not the chosen brother, Eli. Twas Paul who was chosen. He found me and told me about your land. You're just a fool. I did what your brother couldn't. I broke you. I beat you, right? So he starts out there. He starts out by essentially gloating, and then he, he unravels. He just gets into this like weird metaphor, right, where he's just like, um, he says, uh, it was Paul who told me about you. He's the prophet. He's the smart one. He was, he was what was there, and he found me. He knew what was there. And he found me to take it out of the ground. You know what the funny thing is? Listen, listen, listen. I paid him $10,000 cash in hand just like that. He has his own company now. Prosperous little business. Three wells producing $5,000 a week. Stop crying. Stop your nonsense. You're j- and, and this is like to me the worst insult. I think the worst insult I've ever heard is in this movie in this monologue. He says, he says you're just the afterbirth, Eli. Mm-hmm. Wow. You, that slithered out of your mother's filth. Ew. They should have put you in a glass jar on the mantelpiece. Mm. And then he gets into that really weird part where he says, uh, where he says, where he gets to the milkshake. And he says, he says, drainage. And then he says, drainage, Eli, you boy. And then that's when he talks about um, the, <clears throat> if I have a milkshake and you have a milkshake and I have a straw, that's it. That's the straw you see there, and he's holding up his one finger. Watch it. Now my straw reaches across the room and starts to drink your milkshake, and that's when he's like, I drink your milkshake. It's just uh, like this unraveling. It's I don't know. I think it's so well acted. I mean, you guys know my love for Daniel. Yes, so. <laughs> I do know your so, love. Yes. Um, so you guys don't seem as impressed, but I, I think it's – I'm trying just, to remember it. I don't okay. remember it as well, and that's why. Gotcha. I saw it once. I remember the head bashing. Yep. I remember the confrontation. I remember him saying stuff, mm-hmm. and that's that's all that's in my memory. Mm-hmm. But but I remember the Goodwill Hunting one a lot more. Yeah. Yes. 
you know, because okay, so I saw that's number one. one. Yeah, I just I think he's I don't know. Like I said, I just I, it's psychologically I think it's so interesting because he's he's this this character who who has is been so kind of hell bent on on certain things in the movie, right? And so he finally has his victim in front of him. He's able to gloat. I also love the way they they almost turn it on its head as like a um, as like a typical stereotypical villain monologue because generally in this scene because because um, Daniel is is really the villain kind of right and so Daniel has his has his victim um, Eli in front of him and generally it's at this point that the villain monologues and then the hero figures out the way to to get out of it right to escape right. and um, actually <laughs> right after he finishes the monologue he he grabs Eli and he throws him he, they're in a bowling alley and he throws him down the bowling alley and I <laughs> and he throws him down the bowling alley right after Eli says he says stop bullying me right he says stop bullying me daniel and i was laughing on youtube because i wanted to rewatch. i was rewatching a bunch of monologues on youtube and i saw a comment that said i saw a comment that said says stop bullying me daniel gets bullied because <laughs> <laughs> he, he throws that's when he throws him down right and so there is no like there is no the hero or, or the protagonist right. or the victim figures out how to get away right well they're both it's, villains oh yes yeah. they are no they are i mean i'm not gonna say they aren't but i still think it's it's like this weird like flip of that, yeah. like this moment where you kind of don't expect to turn it to murder, and he sort of unravels in front of you, and he and, and to me, it, I don't, I don't think that there's, I don't know that there's another actor that could have convinced me of the ra- unraveling that he, that he experiences, um, that that Daniel Day Lewis does so well. I should have so. known it was going to be Daniel Day Lewis yep. on, on the <laughs> list. I should have <laughs> known. The bowling pin. What do you got? Um. Now, yeah, well, I got three monologues. Okay. Um. Now, um. <laughs> Mine, I just, I wanted to stay away, like Joey said. I, I was just like, these are not motivational speeches. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a plethora of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, you can do Braveheart, great monologue, blah, blah, blah. Yep. You know, and so I, I was like, okay, I want to um, talk about monologues that just are not motivational speeches, but help really convey the story and the message or have a, some type of powerful scene. Um, and these, these are actually the ones that I... I did kind of notice where I was like, wow, okay, this guy is portraying a message right now and they're, they're talking you know, to me and portraying a message to me in some way. And um, I thought of three that I, I really, really enjoyed. And one, one particularly that I noticed um, was just particularly good. More so where, to, to the point where I did notice it and I was like, Wow, that's really well done how they mm-hmm. did that. Okay, mm-hmm. and I'll go through it in a second too. Um, these aren't in any type of order, but I'll try to put them in some type of order. Okay, I guess. Uh, I guess for for number three, I have Agent Smith in the Matrix when he's got Morpheus chained up in his uh, office. room uh, office yeah. thing yeah. upstairs. I thought you were going to go with Morpheus's monologue, but that makes no. Sense. That's a good one too. Yeah, that's a good one. But I thought I knew the Matrix was coming for one of you. At least. Oh yeah. Well, I mean the the one where Morpheus's monologue it's just an explanation. He doesn't really get philosophical. You know, he's right. just explaining what happened. You know, he's he's, he's relating events, right? It's not well, and he's telling you. Well, the monologue. one that I think you're thinking about is when is Neo sitting in front of him. Mm-hmm. And he's giving the blue pill, red pill. Is mm-hmm. that the one you mean? Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, yeah. well he's well, actually talking about where we well, welcome to the desert of the real. Uh, oh no, you know, that no, no, no. He's talking. Well, he's basically explaining the Matrix to Neo. Yeah, is what he's doing, which is good too. Yeah, Morpheus had a really good one. I don't know. To um, me, a monologue is just when a character kind of goes on and on. I, I don't know that they have to get philosophical. I know, but I think the good ones do get philosophical. Oh, you know, 
Right. There are my number one out says there. differently. I don't know. Yeah. That, I don't know that. No, that was definitely a monologue, dude. I don't know it is. And it's very philosophical just, just, too. Just, just going. Yeah, he's very yeah. philosophical. Um, you think so? And yeah, I think. Absolutely. Oh yeah, for sure. And so in this one too, I just I felt like when he was with Morpheus there, mm-hmm. and Morpheus is in this incredibly vulnerable position. Yeah. And it feel like okay, Agent Smith, he's gonna get out some frustration right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. And um, what what I thought was pretty was neat about it too is when he was going on and on he was explaining i i felt like wow this is the way that a machine thinks mm-hmm. oh know? yeah yeah that's and, and he's yeah. just going along and he's and he's explaining to morpheus and he's just and then he finally gets the the crescendo he's basically saying that we created this for you yeah because you screw everything up yeah you know and 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 we had to do this mm-hmm. and you're sitting there and you're kind of going yeah I kind of get it, you mm-hmm. know, in, in a way. Yeah. And um, the way, and it wasn't just what was said, how it was delivered, the scenery no, really in which it was delivered, and finally the crescendo when he's just like, can I be honest with you? I hate you. I hate this place. I hate everything about it. I want out. Mm-hmm. You you disgusting little cockroach of a thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and, and just goes on of the de- of the depravity of how much he just hates mm-hmm. people. Yeah. And it was the thinking of a machine. Yeah. And anyway, it wasn't much more than that to me. It was just an extremely well done, well yeah. thought out monologue by a villain mm-hmm. that was truly a villain and was irredeemable. Right. Um, and it was just it was incredibly coming. well done. And it know? wasn't his undoing. Mm-hmm. That was the thing too. Most monologues and like a lot of monologues, like when a villain is monologuing, it's their undoing. Oh, you mm-hmm. shouldn't have been monologuing. Yeah. You know, Incredibles points that out. Yeah. You know, and this one, like whether or not he gave the monologue, the, the movie still turned out the same. Right. So. Yeah. And and they even had a sense of what he was doing was beyond even rules of the machine in a way. Yeah. Because the other guys right. came in and were like, "What are you doing?" Yeah. It's like, wait, a minute, okay. Yeah. You know how he before he talks to me, he takes out his earpiece. You're like, yeah. what's up with that? Yeah. That was a foreshadowing kind of like Agent Smith is a little bit. Right, he's a program that's kind of rogue. Yeah, you know, right, um, and only the one can stop him. You know, but anyway, but Agent Smith and the Matrix—that's definitely one of my top. Um, I'm gonna put this is this could be one or two. Tom Wilkinson. Oh yeah, does a monologue in Michael Clayton mm-hmm. at the beginning. Luke, do you remember yep. this? Wow, I can't believe this is making it on there. I love that movie. Yeah, really. That's what I said. I said Luke would like the one I thought of right here. Now yeah. listen. This monologue is really it's pretty incredible. Yeah. Now you don't well, yeah, see it him, but he talks. No, I know, yeah. And 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 he starts out soft and he starts out by saying Michael. Mm-hmm. Right? He's just like, here's the deal, Michael. Right? Yeah. And you don't even know who Michael Clayton is yet. Yeah. You know, and you're like, okay, here's this guy talking to this Michael character, and they have some different screenshots and stuff, but and and the way that they do it, and he just starts kind of calmly talking. Yeah, and he continues to talk, and he's talking about okay, I've been a part of this, but I'm really, but what I'm really a part of is this manifestation of just gross and uh, and he's talking about the company he was yeah. being a part mm-hmm. of, and the more he talks, the higher his voice becomes, yeah, and it starts to be, it starts to explain. In the beginning, what we're about to see in the rest, yes, about yeah. how he got to this point, mm-hmm. and it's like a two, two and a half minute speech, yeah, right in the beginning of a movie. Yeah, it starts it and, out, and then and, it and throws then, in the characters without us understanding who's who. Who's right? who, right? right? Yes. It's like yeah. Michael, and here's the deal, Michael, and this is, and he starts going on and on, and the music's, yeah, the music's going up. That's another thing about the Joker. One of the monologues I loved, which I considered, mm-hmm. was the one where he's talking to the sort of girlfriend. 
Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Rachel. Yeah. Rachel. Yeah. And the music in the back is this really low, and then it just as well, he's it, moving. I think in all of his monologues, they do that. They do that. It uh, that we are Joker yeah. thing that the, they it's do. The, it's the. But yeah, it's just that it's that low pitched whine. Yeah, I yeah, know what you're talking about. Is, they which, do that in the which inter- adds so much. Yeah, they, yeah, it does. They do that in the interrogation scene and in right. the uh, the hospital scene too. But yeah. I just yeah, it's whenever this he's one, talking, yeah, I just thought this one it was just a fantastic, well done monologue that explained that that just that threw you for a little bit of a loop, in a way that it they, throws you for they a lot of the loop because then you're left right, to figure out who the heck right. he's talking about. There's yeah. stuff going on yeah. in the beginning that you that will play out, and uh, you kind of start to realize, and he just marks it, and he and then finally at the very end. He's like, there's time to do it, and the time is now. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And then it's just Michael Clayton, and the, and the story yeah. begins. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I just thought, no, man, I that was great. It was really, really that good. Was really well done. Well done. Yeah. Um, and that's, the final one, pick. I wasn't sure about this one, but I really loved um, Truman Show Kristoff at the very end when he talks to um, Truman. Mm-hmm. And it's real short, and it's not really long. Is this um, your number one? I, it could be it could be one of these three. Oh, okay. okay, okay. And it's not really long, and he just and he basically does a short monologue with Truman listening uh, before he leaves the the whole confines. Yeah, you know, and and uh, and he basically just says, "There's no, um, you know, all, all that's waiting for you out there is just pain and suffering." Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing more out there that that you could ever need than than what I've created here for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, you have a home, you have you know, and all this stuff. And Truman, you know, obviously that at the ending part of that movie, um, Truman chooses freedom, mm-hmm. right, with possible pain and suffering mm-hmm. over security, right? Yeah. And um, it was just it was really short. Yeah. Um, it was short and sweet. It was one of the first things I thought of when when Luke last time went best models. I immediately went Christoph at the end of uh, Truman Show, mm-hmm. which is that little bit of a, a couple paragraphs of 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 him. You know, I've watched you. You know, it's basically like the God talking yeah. to the um, his, creation, yeah, his creation almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and, and saying I've watched you. You know, I've I've taken care of you. Yeah, I've done all this stuff. Why would you know? And and basically goes in this little, and then and then Truman chooses for which I thought was just one of the most powerful scenes in any movie, you know, especially when he when he goes up against the wall and he realizes that this whole thing was and he's in this cage and he's like pounded on this wall, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, it's just it's like this this symbol of how badly people crave to be free, mm-hmm. yes, you know, and uh, and and they've been they've that they've been lied to this natural inclination which comes from created in us um to be free and i don't know i i mean it's it's it was one of the first ones that i thought of i just i loved how he tried to convince him there at the end and went on a little bit about there's nothing out there for you um and my world is just as in fact better Mm -hmm. than the world that you seek yeah and uh and conveyed it very 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 well and truman ultimately still still decided to be free than to be in a cage like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's all I have to say about it. I thought it was, it was really well done, well put with Ed Harris. Truman Show, a lot of people bash that because they think it's attack on, an attack on Christianity. You remember Dad's point about that film? Yeah, I would definitely say. Which part? 
that a lot of people point to you know the symbolism and say, look, Christoph, Christ off, yep. right? You know, mm-hmm. and the true man, true oh. man. You yeah. know, look at that. You know, saying, oh. look, the God makes makes man, and then yep. he puts him in this place, and everything's fake. It's when you get out of God's world is when you get to experience freedom and and reality and all that kind of stuff. But Dad's point is is that what what is out there hmm. in the real world? What is the only representation that we see of the real world? The people watching Truman. Mm-hmm. That's the only right, rep- They right. have no life. They only watch Truman. They yeah. live to watch Truman. That's mm-hmm. interesting. So he's saying that the people outside are just as bad, if not worse, than the people inside. You know, the people inside might be fake, but at least they have a life. Mm-hmm. The people outside might be genuine, but they got no life. Mm-hmm. They're, right. they're obsessed with watching this person that God has created. Mm-hmm. The only one genuine in the whole thing is Truman. Mm-hmm. You know? And so if you want to talk about the symbolism, you have to look at it, examine all the symbolism. Okay, the people outside are just as bad as the person inside. So if you're trying to say, hey, you know, God created this, you know, world and, oh, it's so fake, you know, you, uh, through the back door he sneaks in, well, the back outside is not much better, you know, because we're all just watching what's going yeah. on in here, you know, so that's yeah, the, his the point. The cool thing about Christoph, too, is he, he wasn't wrong. How so? He said, "There's nothing more out there." You know that he said pretty much the only thing that you would gain out there is just pain and suffering, which yeah. could be maybe yeah, it's definitely possible, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Um, my list: um, three greatest monologues. And you guys kept talking about. I feel kind of bad about this because you guys were like, "Well, I didn't go with the general like you know motivational speech." Why? My first one on here, number three, is a motivational speech. <laughs> All three of them? No, no, just okay. just the third one because. I'm gonna guess. You know, it. I, the most the most typical. Well, it's got to be. Well, I shouldn't say it's got to be, but it's probably the one who. That's my fourth. But we'll see. Well, okay, well, okay, go ahead. We'll get Dove. You you were gonna guess. Go ahead, and guess it. Bill Pullman. Uh, okay, Bill Pullman. All right. No, Bill Pullman and uh, and, yeah, and uh, Independence Day. Independence Day. Yeah. I, I was I was thinking you were gonna go with uh, Aragorn. No, no, but I, went with neither? Neither. I went with neither. No, but I, was, I, I think the greatest motivational speech that I've ever seen is William Wallace, Braveheart. Um, you know, they'll, <laughs> I, they'll never I, take I, our freedom. I understand, you know, that, I that, understand that, but Aragorn, a day may come, but it will or, not be or, this day. Or Bernard Hill, better. what did he say? Uh, fourth ear lingas. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. His, his, I forget um, his speech. Yeah. Um, to ride now, ride now, you know, yeah. uh, all that kind of stuff. Glory. Glory. Um, uh, there was a lot, not honorable mention for Henry V. There was a lot, but again, it's Shakespeare. Everyone oh, monologues. Henry V. And Henry V is awesome monologuing done by um, uh, Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Branagh in that film. Wonderful. I've well, seen that he's in. He monologues so well. He's my honorable mention. Well, yeah, but that's the uh, thing. It's, it's a play. It's, it's a Shakespeare. Of, it, it, yeah, it is his monologue. Yes, but he does it so well. Well, um, Shakespeare does it so well. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah. but Kenneth Branagh also brings it to life. Right? You know, in my what's opinion. Did you see Macbeth? Yeah, wasn't impressed. Um, anyway, that was, so that was the same. My thing. number three, Braveheart. There, uh, they'll never take our freedom. The way he ends that, and the way that people start cheering, I think no one else has come close to getting that sort of natural feel for a motivational speech. Because everything else feels like a motivational speech. I think that one was a motivational speech. And you didn't even realize it until it was over. I think that's what was so great. They'll never take our freedom. You know, and and the <laughs> dramatic music didn't start playing. You know, people just cheered. You know, and you're like, well, that was a really great. And I felt motivated. I was like, no, I can, yeah, it's true. I, there was know, no music. I there. consider that one, but nah. I, I, I think that's the greatest because when you talk about monologue, speech. what what you guys said 
was usually you go with the motivational speech. That's the most typical well, and most identifiable right. one. I, I think that's the most. I think it's the best of the motivational speeches. That's mm-hmm. why I went with it. Gotcha. Um, in that category, gotcha. the second one um, is philosophical. Goodwill Hunting. You're just a kid. Obviously, one of the greatest monologues ever done in film. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that that <laughs> scene where they slowly circle on again. The camera doesn't change, and he brings insight. Mm-hmm insight tremendous insight to the character to the story to everything yeah wonderful insight being human very philosophical he's right he's 100 percent right and and the thing about it is you're as a viewer like how are you gonna stop this kid Mm. what are you gonna do yeah he just totally in his place yeah how are you gonna do it yep this is how you do it yep you're just a kid you don't, even though with all your smarts, you don't know what you're talking about, yep. and I can prove it. And he does, yep. mm-hmm. you know, and he does with ease because he starts it off by saying, "A thought occurred to me, and I just went to sleep, and I just don't care what you think. Mm-hmm. All the books in the world, I don't care mm-hmm. because you haven't lived it." You know, very great point. Hey, great point. That's how you stop this kid. Mm-hmm. Wonderful, yeah. wonderful monologue. Very well done. I think the whole movie rests on that monologue. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, and uh, number mm-hmm. one. Uh, I think this is the greatest monologue that I've ever seen. Jaws, singing uh, of the Indianapolis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, when he's given that, I, I uh, thought about this one too. When he's given that monologue again, again, like the philosophical one uh, uh, for um, Google Hunting. Kids can't appreciate that. They can't appreciate. It. They don't know what that mm-hmm. is. That means. I remember when I first saw it, I didn't know idea what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. As I got older, I began to appreciate. It. It's mm-hmm. deep. Oh, it's so profound. But this one, the sinking <laughs> of the Indianapolis. It's for all ages. Yeah. You can appreciate this from four years old. Unless you have a fear of sharks, deathly fear of sharks, in which case that movie. I just in, which, in which case it becomes even more gripping. Well, I know. Because he's I telling know. this story. Um, and I hate Jaws and, so much. And, That's why and I you're, you're, this one. You're two levels removed from the reality, but yeah. it feels like you're in the reality even yeah. though you're two levels because it's a guy on a movie screen telling you a story about a different event. Yeah. And it's so convincing. That you're imagining it, and you're right there with him. Um, the imagery is so well done. The way that he tells it, I'm like, this is not, this is not an actor. Yeah, right. This is a salty seaman who mm-hmm. actually went through this experience and is now relating it to me because mm-hmm. I'm sitting in the boat with him. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this is what's going on. No one ever stopped and said, "Oh, this is just an actor telling a story." Mm-hmm. No one. Yeah. This, I mean, every person who saw this scene was like, "Wow, that really happened." Yeah. Crazy. You know, Vessel <laughs> went down in twelve minutes. You know, and you know, and and the way that he told it was so gripping, so interesting. Yeah. And the camera didn't. I think only broke broke from him like once. I think it broke from him one time. I think I watched it. Yeah. I'm trying and to think you know, of he like, said twelve men went into the wa- twelve hundred men went into the water, three hundred sixty five came out or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and and you're just like, wow, such a great story told with so much, so much conviction. I was so convinced. Uh, by every single word that came out of his mouth, mm-hmm. it was just truly incredible. The way that it went in his eyes, he's like, it's, you can't tell me that this actor didn't experience this. Yeah. He yeah. really did experience. Some of this. those talks are so convincing because I'm trying to think in my mind of a, of a couple where the, the the camera doesn't move. All it is is a person telling you something, yes. telling a story of some yes. kind, and you're just you cannot look yes. away. 
you're hanging on every word. Yes. Yeah, and, that was and, one of those. And part of the magic of the Goodwill hunting speech is the fact that the camera's rotating around. But in this one, there's nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. There's nothing. It's all on the dialogue. The greatest right. monologue I have ever seen has absolutely, I think, with the exception probably of music in the background, you have nothing to help you be transported. Mm-hmm. Right. But he does it. Mm-hmm. Such a great monologue. Greatest monologue that I have ever seen. The sinking of the Indianapolis and Jaws. Very well done monologue. And that concludes. Very good. That was very diverse. That was more diverse than I thought it was going to be. That, yeah. Yes. And yeah. well, yeah, I knew I knew Joe was going to have the Google hunting one because yeah. I think we talked about it before, and I was like, that well, really is you, truly, I mean, you guys know truly a great Robin monologue. Williams and Google hunting is like one of my favorite movies. So, um, what was I going to say? Did you they guys, scrap guys, that script in the beginning? You guys know? Well, I'm not sure. I don't know. You guys know that Jaws is based off of a real story, right? Oh, really? Yeah. Like, there's like this shark that like. Um, I forgot where it was, but it was in the U.S. somewhere in the U.S. But um, back yes, during like yes, the, I read back about like this. the earlier earlier nineties, like it like swam up river yeah. and like ate a bunch of kids that were like playing in the river in the like in the stream. Like talk about oh. talk about will, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like some like creature yes. from the deep. Yes, I think there was. I think that year or within that decade, there were a lot of shark attacks. Yeah. Because the beach culture of America was starting to, yeah. like, we were actually starting to get a beach culture. In the 1800s, you didn't yeah. really have one. But in yeah. the early 1900s, you actually started to have a beach culture in America, from what I understand. So I think there was a lot of, like, shark attacks. A problem, yeah. I guess, they hadn't dealt with much Yeah. Um, before. I, I, that's my guess, and that's an uneducated guess. Crazy. So, yes. Okay, so that concludes this podcast. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. What we're going to do next month, it's an interesting list item. Okay. Disagree with a critic. Oh, yeah. A real critic. Not an IMDb critic. Go find a real critic. Like a... What's like a Rotten Tomatoes critic. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Find a critic and disagree with him. Tell me. Read his read his review. Yeah. Tell me why you disagree with it. Okay. Cool. Cool. Thanks, everybody, yeah, so for just listening. Doing, just doing one? Yes, just okay, one. Cool. Right. We will see everybody next month. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Be strong and courageous. We'll see you next month. Drainage!
Thanks for listening to Streetwise Theology, brought to you by the Mid-Atlantic Reformation Society and Reconstructionist Radio. Please visit reconstructionistradio.com and thinkandreform.org. Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows. Or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His Kingdom.